The Art of Prophesying by William Perkins, translated by Thomas Tuke. Chapter 1. The art or faculty of prophesying is a sacred doctrine of exercising prophecy rightly. Prophecy or prophesying is a public and solemn speech of the prophet pertaining to the worship of God and to the salvation of our neighbour. 1 Corinthians 14.3 But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men for edification, to exhortation, and to consolation. Verse 24 But if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is rebuked of all men, and is judged of all men. Romans 1.9 God is my witness whom I serve, or worship. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. In my spirit, in the gospel of his Son. Chapter 2 of the Preaching of the Word There are two parts of prophecy, preaching of the word and conceiving of prayers. For in speaking there are only two duties of the prophet, that is, of the minister of the word, to wit, preaching of the word and praying unto God in the name of the people. Romans 12, having prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Genesis 27, deliver the man his wife again, for he is a prophet, and when he shall pray for thee, thou shalt live. For this cause, the word, prophecy, is given also to prayers. 1 Chronicles 25.1, the sons of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, who were prophets, prophesied with harps and vials and with cymbals. 1 Kings 18.26, the prophets of Baal called upon the name of Baal from morning to noon. Verse 29, when midday was past, and they had prophesied until the offering of the evening sacrifice. And every prophet is partly the voice of God, to wit in preaching, and partly the voice of the people in the act of praying. Jeremiah 15.9 If thou take away the precious from the vial, thou shalt be, as it were, my mouth. Nehemiah 8.6 And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen. Preaching of the word is prophesying in the name and room of Christ, whereby men are called to the state of grace and conserved in it. 2 Corinthians 5.19 And hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20 Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in the name of Christ that ye be reconciled to God. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 and 14 God hath from the beginning elected you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit, and faith embracing the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel. Romans one sixteen: The gospel is the power of God to salvation to every one that believeth. Proverbs 29.18 When there is no vision, the people are naked. Romans 10.14 Chapter 3 of the Word of God The perfect and equal object of preaching is the Word of God. Luke 16.29 They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Matthew 23.2, the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' chair, that is, they teach the doctrine of Moses which they do profess. Verse 3, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. The word of God is the wisdom of God concerning the truth which is according unto godliness, descending from above. James 3.17, but the wisdom which is from above is first pure, etc., Titus 1.1, Paul, a servant of God, according to the acknowledging of the truth, which is according unto godliness. Admirable is the excellency of the word, which is evident partly by the nature thereof, partly by the operation. The excellency of the nature is either the perfection thereof, or the eternity. The perfection is either the sufficiency or the purity. 
the sufficiency is that whereby the word of god is so complete that nothing may be either put to it or taken from it which appertaineth to the proper end thereof psalm nineteen seven the law of the lord is perfect converting the soul deuteronomy twelve thirty two whatsoever i command you take heed ye do it thou shalt put nothing thereto nor take aught therefrom revelation twenty two eighteen and nineteen the purity thereof is whereby it remaineth entire in itself void of deceit and error psalm twelve six the words of the lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth find seven times the eternity of the word is that whereby it abideth inviolable and cannot pass until all that which it commandeth be fully accomplished matthew five eighteen the excellency of operation is that whereby it is endowed with virtue first to discern the spirit of man hebrews four twelve for the word of god is lively and mighty in operation and sharper than any two-edged sword and entereth through even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and discerneth the thoughts and intents of the heart secondly to bind the conscience james four twelve there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy isaiah thirty three twenty one the lord is our judge the lord is our lawgiver the lord is our king he will save us to bind the conscience is to constrain it either to accuse us or to excuse us of sin before god the word is in the holy scripture the scripture is the word of god written in a language fit for the church by men immediately called to be the clerks or secretaries of the holy ghost 2 peter one twenty one for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man but the holy men of god spake as they were carried and moved by the holy ghost it is called canonical because it is as it were a canon that is to say a rule or line of the master workman by the help whereof the truth is both first to be found out and also afterwards to be examined galatians six sixteen and as many as walk according to this canon or rule therefore the supreme and absolute determination and judgment of the controversies of the church ought to be given unto it the sum of the scripture is contained in such a syllogism or form of reasoning as this is which followeth the true messiah shall be both god and man of the seed of david he shall be born of a virgin he shall bring the gospel forth of his father's bosom he shall satisfy the law he shall offer up himself a sacrifice for the sins of the faithful he shall conquer death by dying and rising again he shall ascend into heaven and in his due time he shall return unto judgment but jesus of nazareth the son of mary is such a one he therefore is the true messiah in this syllogism the major is the scope or principal drift in all the writings of the prophets and the minor in the writings of the evangelists and apostles the scripture is either the new testament or the old the old testament is the first part of the scripture written by the prophets in the hebrew tongue or at least in the chaldee unfolding chiefly that old covenant of works luke sixteen twenty nine and twenty four twenty seven and he began at moses and at all the prophets and interpreted unto them in all the scriptures the things that were written of him it is distinguished by books which are either historical or dogmatical or prophetical the historical books are stories of things done for the illustration and confirmation of that doctrine which is propounded in other books one corinthians ten eleven now all these things came upon them for examples and were written to admonish us romans fifteen four for whatsoever things were written aforetime are written for our learning 
These books are in number 15. 1. Genesis, which is an history of the creation, fall, promise, and of the state of the church conserved and shut up in private families. 2. Exodus, which is an history of the deliverance of the Israelites from the Egyptians, of their going out of Egypt, of the promulgation of the law and of the tabernacle. 3. Leviticus, which containeth a story of the ceremonial worship. 4. Numbers, which is an history of their martial marching into the land of Canaan. 5. Deuteronomy, which is a commentary repeating and explicating the laws out of the foresaid books. 6. The book of Joshua, which declareth their entrance into and possession of the land of Canaan under Joshua. 7. The book of Judges, which comprehendeth an history of the corrupt and miserable condition of the church and commonwealth of Israel from Joshua to Eli. 8. The book of Ruth, which is an history concerning the marriages and posterity of Ruth. 9. The first and second book of Samuel, which is a story of things done under Eli and Samuel, priests, and under Saul and David, kings. 10. The first and second book of Kings, which maketh a narration of things achieved in the days of the kings of Israel and Judah. 11. The first and second book of Chronicles, which is a methodical history of the beginning, increase, and ruin of the people of Israel, serving to explain and show the line or lineage of Christ. 12. The book of Ezra, which containeth an history of their return from captivity in Babylon, and of the beginning of the restoring of the city. 13. The book of Nehemiah, which speaketh of the restoring of the city which was to be finished. 14. The book of Esther, which is an history of the preservation of the church of the Jews in Persia by Esther. 15. The book of Job, which is an history in treating of the causes of tenations, as also of his manifold conflicts, and lastly of his happy issue. The dogmatical books are those which teach and prescribe the doctrine of divinity. These are four in number. 1. The book of Psalms, which containeth sacred songs to be fitted for every condition, both of the church and the particular members thereof, and also to be sung with grace in the heart. Colossians 3.16 2. The book of Proverbs, which is a treatise of Christian manners, teaching piety towards God and justice towards our neighbour. 3. The book of the Preacher, which discloseth the vanity of all human things, so far forth as they are used without the fear of God. 4. The Song of Songs, which speaketh of the mutual communion of Christ with the Church, under an allegory of a bridegroom and his bride. The prophetical books are predictions, either of the judgments of God for the sins of the people, or of the deliverance of the Church, which is to be perfected at the coming of Christ. But with these predictions they do mingle the doctrine of repentance, and do almost always use consolations in Christ to them that do repent. It is their custom also for the helping of their hearers' memory and understanding to propound their sermons briefly, which they made at large. Isaiah 8.1 Moreover the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great roll, and write in it with a man's pen. Habakkuk 2.2 Write the vision, and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. Prophecies are either greater or lesser. Greater are such as do more plentifully deliver all those things that are foretold, as the prophecy of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Hitherto belong the lamentations of Jeremiah, touching the misery of the people of the Jews, about the time of the death of Josiah. Lesser prophecies are those which entreat more sparingly or briefly of all those things that are foretold, or at least of some of them, as the prophecy of Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, 
Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Thus much for the Old Testament. The New Testament is the second part of the scripture written in the Greek tongue by the apostles, or at least approved of them, propounding plainly the doctrine of the New Covenant, Ephesians 2.20, and are built upon the foundation of the prophets and apostles. Peter approved the Gospel of Mark, at whose motion and appointment it was written by Mark, as it pleaseth Nicephorus to aver, Lib 2, chapter 45, and John, that wrote the Gospel, approved the Gospel of Luke. It is of small moment, which is reported by Eusebius, to wit, that it is apparent by two places, 2 Timothy 2.8 and Romans 2.16, that Paul was the author of that Gospel which is called Luke's, for Paul doth not here speak of any one book, but of his whole ministry, for he addeth, in which I suffer as an evil doer even unto bonds. 2 Timothy 2.9. The New Testament containeth partly histories and partly epistles. The histories are, one, the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are an history of the life, deeds, and doctrine of Christ exhibited unto the world, continuing from his conception even unto his ascension into heaven. And there are four writers, two that were hearers and two that were eyewitnesses, that they might give greater assurance of the truth of the history. The difference betwixt the evangelists is on this wise. Matthew layeth open the doctrines which Christ delivered. Mark sets down the history briefly. Yet did he not make an abridgment of the gospel which Matthew wrote, as Jerome supposed, for he begins his discourse in a diverse manner, and proceeds in another order, partly in treating of things more largely, and partly interlacing of new matters. Luke aimeth at, or frameth a perfect history, and described in a certain order. John is almost wholly taken up in laying open the Godhead and benefit of Christ, which is derived from his Godhead unto us. Jerome distinguisheth the evangelists by their beginnings or entrance. He saith Matthew is like a man, because he begins with the manhood of Christ. He likens Mark to a lion, because he begins with the preaching of John, which was like the roaring of a lion. He compares Luke to an ox, because he beginneth with Zechariah the priest offering his sacrifice. He compareth John to an eagle, because he doth, as it were, so are up aloft, and begin with the Godhead of Christ. 2. The Acts of the Apostles, which is an orderly history, specially relating the deeds of Peter and Paul, that there might be an example of governing the church extant. 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 11. 3. The Revelation, which is a prophetical history concerning the condition of the church from the age in which John the Apostle lived unto the end of the world. The Epistles follow 13 Epistles of Paul, one to the Romans, of justification, sanctification, and the duties of Christian life. Two, the first to the Corinthians, concerning the reforming of the abuses of the Church of Corinth. Three, the second to the Corinthians, containing chiefly the defense of himself and of his apostleship against his adversaries. Four, to the Galatians about justification by faith without works of the law. 5 to the Colossians, 6 to the Philippians, 7 to the Ephesians, 8 the first to the Thessalonians, 9 the second to the Thessalonians, which confirm the churches in doctrine and in the duties of Christian life. 10 the first to Timothy, 11 the second to Timothy, which prescribe the form of ordering the church aright. 12 the epistle to Titus, of ordering the church of the Cretians. 13 to Philemon, of receiving Onesimus the epistle to the Hebrews concerning the person and offices of Christ and of faith bringing forth fruit in good works, 
the epistle of James concerning works to be joined with faith, the first and second epistle of Peter touching sanctification and the works of new obedience, the first epistle of John concerning the signs of fellowship with God, the second epistle of John to the elect lady about perseverance in the truth, the third epistle of John to Gaius concerning hospitality and constancy in that which is good, the epistle of Jude of constancy in the faith against false prophets, and thus the canonical scripture is distinguished by her books. Now there are very strong proofs which show that she alone is the word of God, and no other besides. Of these proofs, one doth make a man certainly to know the same, the other doth but declare or testify it. Of the former kind there is only one, namely the inward testimony of the Holy Ghost, speaking in the scriptures, and not only telling a man within in his heart, but also effectually persuading him that, that these books of the scripture are the word of God. Isaiah 59.21 My spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, from henceforth even for ever. The manner of persuading is on this wise. The elect, having the Spirit of God, do first discern the voice of Christ, speaking in the Scriptures. Moreover, that voice which they do discern, they do approve, and that which they do approve, they do believe. Lastly, believing, they are, as it were, sealed with the seal of the Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 wherein also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The church also may bear witness of the canon, persuade, she cannot, for by this means the voice of the church should be of greater force than the voice of God, and the whole state of man's salvation should depend upon men, than which what can be said to be more miserable. Objection. The scripture is the word of God by itself, but it is not so to us, but by the judgment of the church. Answer. 1. The distinction is vain, for the first part thereof showeth the manner, whereby the scripture is the word of God, the latter part showeth not the manner how, but the person to whom. 2. The scripture doth also testify the same thing, with that kind of testimony which is surer even than all the oaths of men. For we have the voice of the Holy Ghost speaking in the scripture, who doth also work in our hearts a certain... Here there is a Greek word missing in the text full persuasion of the scriptures when we are exercised in hearing reading and meditating of them neither do we believe a thing because the church saith it is to be believed but therefore we do believe a thing because that which the church speaketh the scripture did first speak yea the church cannot stand nor yet be imagined without faith faith is not without the word which word is the rule or object of faith and not the judgment though it be of most holy men three he which doubteth of the scriptures will doubt as well of the testimony of the church. Objection 2. The church hath a judgment to determine of matters. Acts 15.28. It seemeth good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Answer. 1. The sovereign or supreme judgment concerning matters of faith belongeth to the Holy Ghost, speaking in the scriptures. The ministry of judgment, or a ministerial judgment, is only given unto the church, because she must judge according to the scriptures, and because she doth not this always, but sometimes faileth. 2. The apostles were present at that council which was held at Jerusalem, who were men that had authority which was of itself to be believed, which authority the ecclesiastical ministry now hath not. The proof of declaration or testification is that which doth not demonstrate or persuade, but only testify, and by certain tokens approve the true canon. This proof is manifold. First, the perpetual consent of the church, of the ancient church of the Jews, Romans 3.2, 2 
for chiefly because unto them were of credit committed the oracles of God. And of the new and latter church, one from Christ and the apostles, who cited testimonies forth in those books. Two from the fathers. First origin, as Eusebius testifieth, Lib. 6, 18 and 23. Two Melito, as the same Eusebius witnesseth, Lib. 4. Three Athanasius. Four Cyril, Sermon 4. 5. Cyprian, or rather Rufinus, in his exposition of the Creed. 6. In his preface upon the first psalm. 7. Jerome, in Prologue Galatians, and in his preface upon the books of Solomon. 8. Epiphanius, in his book of Weights and Measures. 9. Damascene, in his fourth book of Faith, chapter 18. 10. Gregory, Morals on Job, lib. 9, chapter 27. 3. In Councils, the Nicene and Laodicean, Canon 59. With these agree Hugo de Sancto Vittori in his first book of Sacraments, de Sancto Victori in his first book of Sacraments, chapter 7, N. Lyra in his prologue upon the books of Apocrypha, Hugo Cardinalis in Prologo in Josuam. Secondly, the consent in part made by the Gentiles and enemies affirming the same things which are delivered in Holy Scriptures. 1. Of the creation spake Homer and Plato in Timaeo. 2. Of Christ, Josephus, Lib. 20, Antiquities, chapters 6 and 8, and in his sixth book of the War of the Jews, chapter 8, and book, the sixth chapter, 25, 27, 28, 47. 3. Of the Redeemer of the world, who was to be exhibited in the last times, prophesied the Sibyls, as Lactantius recordeth, Lib. 4, chapter 6, and Cicero, Lib. 2, De Divinat, and Virgil in the fourth eclogue. 4. Of the miracles of Christ, Suetonius speaketh in Nero and Tacitus, Lib. 5 and 20. 5. Of the wise men's star, Pliny, Lib. 2 and 25. 6. Of the slaughtering of the infants, Macrobus in Satur. 7. Of the death of Herod Agrippa, Josephus in his nineteenth book of Antiquities, chapter 7. 8. Of the flood, Barosus in those fragments which are extant, Josephus Antiquities, Book 1, Chapter 3, and the Poets. 9. Of the Tower of Babel, Eupolemus speaketh, as Eusebius testifieth, De Preparat Evangel. 10. Of the Dove which Noah sent out, Plutarch mentioneth, Lib quod brutas sunt rationalia. 11. Of Japheth, the son of Noah, the poets fable many things. 12. Of Abraham's sacrifice, Alexander Polyhist. 13. Of the miracles of Moses, Pliny speaketh, though he do ill in calling him a magician. Thirdly, the antiquity of the word, for it containeth in it a narration of things done from the beginning of the world, but the most ancient human history whatsoever was not written by any before the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, who were about the year of the world's creation three thousand and five hundredth. Fourthly, the most certain accomplishment of the prophecies, as are these, of the calling of the Gentiles, of Antichrist, of the apostasy of the Jews, etc. Fifthly, the matter thereof, which is of one true God, of the true worship of God, and that God is the Saviour. Sixthly, the consent of all the parts of Scripture. Seventhly, the miraculous preservation of the Scriptures in the perils of the Church and in the time of general revolting. Eighthly, the operation thereof, for it converteth men, and though it be flatly contrary to the reason and affections of men, yet it winneth them unto itself. 
ninthly it is full of majesty in the simpleness of the words lastly the holy penmen set down their own corruptions and moses commendeth himself saying that he was the meekest of all men which argueth that they were led by the holy ghost and christ who is described in the gospel affirmeth very plainly that he is the son of god and that he is one with the father and challengeth all the glory of god unto himself which if it had not been right and true he should have felt the wrath of god with adam and with herod who would needs be like unto god but on the contrary god hath revenged his death both upon herod and upon the jews and upon pilate and upon those emperors that persecuted the church and thus we have seen the tokens of the scripture whereby it appeareth that the book of tobit the prayers of manasseh the book of judith the book of baruch the epistle of jeremiah the additions to daniel the third and fourth book of ezra the additions to the book of esther the two books of Maccabees, the book of Wisdom, and Ecclesiasticus, are not to be reckoned in the canon. Reasons. 1. They were not written by the prophets. 2. They are not written in Hebrew. 3. Christ and his apostles alleged in the New Testament no testimonies out of those books. 4. They contain some feigned things, and contrary to the Scriptures. Chapter 4. Of the Interpretation of the Scriptures. Hitherto hath been spoken of the object of preaching, the parts thereof are two, preparation for the sermon and the promulgation or uttering of it. Matthew 13.52 Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is taught unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto an householder which bringeth forth out of his treasure both new and old. In preparation, private study is with diligence to be used. 1 Timothy 3.14 Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. 1 Peter 1.10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched, which prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Daniel 9.2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years. Concerning the study of divinity, take this advice. First, diligently imprint both in thy mind and memory the substance of divinity described with definitions, divisions, and explications of the properties. Secondly, proceed to the reading of the scriptures in this order, using a grammatical, rhetorical, and logical analysis, and the help of the rest of the arts, read first the epistle of Paul to the Romans, after that the gospel of John, as being indeed the keys of the New Testament, and then the other books of the New Testament will be more easy when they are read. When all this is done, learn first the dogmatical books of the Old Testament, especially the Psalms, then the prophetical, especially Isaiah, lastly the historical but chiefly Genesis, for it is likely that the apostles and evangelists read Isaiah and the Psalms very much, for there are no books of the Old Testament out of which we can read more testimonies to be cited than out of these. There are about threescore places alleged out of Isaiah and threescore and four out of the Psalms. Thirdly, out of orthodoxal writings, we must get aid not only from the latter but also from the more ancient church because Satan hath raised up from the dead the old heretics, that he might hinder the restoration of the church which is begun to be made in our time. For the anti-trinities have newly varnished that opinion of Arius and Sibelius. The Anabaptists renew the doctrines or sects of the Essenes, Catharists, Enthusiasts, and Donatists. The Swengseldians revive the opinions of the Eutychians, Enthusiasts, and Menon followeth Ebion, and the papists resemble the Pharisees, Encratites, Tatians, Pelagians. The Libertines renew the opinions of the Gnostics and Carpocratians. Servetus hath revived the heresies of Samosatinus 
Arius, Eutyches, Marcion, and Apollinaris. Lastly, the schismatics that separate themselves from evangelical churches receive the opinions, facts, and fashions of Puplanus in Cyprian, of the Audians and Donatists. Therefore, in like manner, we must not so much seek for new repealings and confutations of these heresies, as we are for our use to fetch those ancient ones out of councils and fathers, and to account them as approved and firm. Fourthly, those things which in studying thou meetest with, that are necessary and worthy to be observed, thou must put in thy tables or commonplace books, that thou mayest always have in a readiness both old and new. Fifthly, before all these things, God must earnestly be sued unto by prayer, that he would bless these means, and that he would open the meaning of the scriptures to us that are blind. Psalm 119.18, Open mine eyes, that I may see the wonderful things of thy law. Revelation 3.18, I advise thee to buy gold for thee, and to anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. Hitherto pertaining the framing of commonplace books, concerning which observe this slender counsel, one, have in readiness commonplace heads of every point of divinity, two, distinguish the foremost pages of thy paper book into two columns or equal parts lengthwise, in every one of those pages set on the top the title of one head or chief point, the contrary side remaining in the meanwhile empty, that fresh paper may be put to. 3. All things which thou readest are not to be written in thy book, but those things that are worthy to be remembered, and are seldom met with. Neither must thou put the words of the author in thy commonplaces, but briefly note down the principal points of stories and of things, that thou mayest know from what author to fetch them, when thou shalt have use, and make a point in the author himself, that thou mayest know that the thing is there handled which thou wrotest in thy commonplace book. For, because some things do very often offer themselves with a doubtful signification, so as that thou canst not tell, if thou write them in thy commonplaces, from whence to fetch them, therefore to thy commonplaces thou must join an alphabetical table. 5. Always provide that thou trust not too much to thy places, for it is not sufficient to have a thing written in thy book, unless it be also diligently laid and locked up in thy memory. Preparation hath two parts, interpretation and right division or cutting. Interpretation is the opening of the words and sentences of the scripture, that one entire and natural sense may appear. The Church of Rome maketh four senses of the scripture, the literal, allegorical, tropological, and analogical. As in this her example, Melchizedek offered bread and wine. The literal sense is that the king of Salem, with meat which he brought, refreshed the soldiers of Abraham, being tried with travel. The allegorical is that the priest doth offer up Christian the mass. The tropological is, therefore something is to be given to the poor. The analogical is that Christ, in like manner being in heaven, shall be the bread of life to the faithful. But this, her device, of the fourfold meaning of the scripture, must be exploded and rejected. There is one only sense, and the same is the literal. An allegory is only a certain manner of uttering the same sense, the anagogue and tropology are ways whereby the senses may be applied. The principal interpreter of the scripture is the Holy Ghost. 2 Peter 1.20 So that ye first know this, that no prophecy in the scripture is of any private interpretation. Moreover, he that makes the law is the best and highest interpreter of the law. The supreme and absolute means of interpretation is the scripture itself. Nehemiah 8.8 and they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense, and caused them to understand by the scripture itself, per scriptuarum ipsum. 
the means subordinated to the scripture are three the analogy of faith the circumstances of the place propounded and the comparing of places together the analogy of faith is a certain abridgment or sum of the scriptures collected out of the most manifest and familiar places the parts thereof are two the first concerneth faith which is handled in the apostles creed the second concerneth charity or love which is explicated in the ten commandments two timothy one thirteen keep the true pattern of the wholesome words which thou hast heard of me with faith and love which is in christ jesus the circumstances of the place propounded are these who to whom upon what occasion at what time in what place for what end what goeth before what followeth the collation or comparing of places together is that whereby places are set like parallels one besides another that the meaning of them may more evidently appear acts nine twenty two but saul increased the more in strength and confounded the jews which dwelt at damascus confirming here there is a greek word missing in the text that is conferring or conjoining of places of scriptures as artificers being about to compact or join a thing together are wont to fit all the parts amongst themselves that one of them may perfectly agree with each other that this was the christ collation of places is twofold the first is the comparing of the place propounded with itself cited and repeated elsewhere in holy writ isaiah six ten make the heart of this people fat make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and he heal them this place is six times repeated in the new testament matthew thirteen fourteen mark four twelve luke eight ten john twelve forty acts twenty eight twenty seven romans eleven eight places repeated have often alterations for sundry causes these causes are first exegetical that is for exposition's sake as psalm seventy eight two compared with matthew thirteen thirty five i will open my mouth in a parable i will declare things hidden from of old matthew thirteen thirty five i will open my mouth in parables and will utter the things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world psalm seventy eight twenty four he gave them of the wheat of heaven john six thirty one he gave them the bread from heaven to eat isaiah twenty six sixteen behold i will lay in zion a stone a tried stone a precious cornerstone a sure foundation he that believeth shall not make haste romans nine thirty three behold i lay in zion a stumbling-block and a rock to make men fall and every one that believeth in him shall not be ashamed psalm one hundred and ten one sit thou at my right hand until i make thine enemies thy footstool one corinthians fifteen twenty five he must reign till he have put all his enemies under his feet. Psalm 116.10 I believed because I did speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 I believed and therefore I have spoken. Genesis 13.15 All the land which thou seest will I give unto thee and to thy seed forever. Galatians 3.16 Now to Abraham and to his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto the seeds, as speaking of many, but and to thy seed, as of one which is Christ. A second cause is diacritical, or for discerning's sake, that places and times and persons might be mutually distinguished. Micah 5.2 And thou, Bethlehem Ephrathah, art little to be among the princes of Judah. Out of thee shall he come forth to me, that shall be the ruler in Israel. Matthew 6 
and thou bethlehem in the land of judah art not the least among the princes of judah for out of thee shall come the governor that shall feed my people israel thirdly these causes are circumscriptive or for limitation's sake that the sense and sentence of the place might be truly restrained according as the mind and meaning of the holy ghost was deuteronomy six thirteen thou shalt worship the lord thy god and shalt serve him matthew four ten thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve isaiah twenty nine thirteen this people draweth near with their mouth and honour me with their lips but their heart they removeth far from me and their reverence towards me is by the commandment of men matthew fifteen eight when this people draweth near unto me they honour me with their mouth and with their lips but they do remove their heart from me verse nine in vain do they worship me teaching for doctrines the commandments of men genesis two twenty four wherefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh matthew nineteen five wherefore a man shall leave father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they which were two shall be one flesh isaiah fifty twenty and the redeemer shall come unto zion and unto them that turn from iniquity in jacob saith the lord romans eleven twenty six the deliverer shall come out of zion and shall turn away the ungodliness from jacob a fourth cause is for application's sake that the type might be fitted unto the truth and the general to a certain special and so contrary wise jonah one seventeen now the lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up jonah and jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights matthew twelve thirty nine an evil and adulterous generation seeketh a sign but no sign shall be given unto it save the sign of the prophet jonah verse forty for as jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly so shall the son of man be etc isaiah sixty one one the spirit of the lord is upon me therefore hath the lord anointed me he hath sent me to preach good tidings unto the poor and bind up the broken-hearted to preach liberty to the captives and to them that are bound the opening of the prison to preach the acceptable year of the lord and the day of vengeance of our god luke four eighteen the spirit of the lord is upon me therefore he hath anointed me that i should preach good tidings to the poor he hath sent me to heal the broken in heart that i should preach deliverance to the captives etc verse twenty one this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears psalm sixty nine twenty seven they gave me gall for my meat and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink john nineteen twenty eight that the scripture might be fulfilled he said i thirst verse twenty nine therefore there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it about an hyssop stalk and put it to his mouth exodus twelve forty six neither shall ye break a bone thereof john nineteen thirty six these things were done that the scripture might be fulfilled which saith there shall not a bone of him be broken psalm sixty nine twenty five let their habitations be void and let none dwell in their tents acts one twenty it is written in the book of psalms let his habitation be void and let no man dwell therein fifthly some things are omitted for brevity's sake or because they do not agree with the matter in hand zechariah nine nine rejoice greatly o daughter zion shout for joy o daughter jerusalem behold thy king cometh unto thee he is just and saved himself poor and riding upon an ass and upon a colt the fowl of an ass matthew twenty one five tell ye the daughter of zion behold thy king cometh unto thee 
meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass, used to the yoke. The second collation is of the place propounded with other places, and those again are either like or unlike. Places that are alike are such as by certain ways or in some sort agree one with another, and places do agree either in their phrase and manner of speech or in sense. Places that agree as concerning the phrase are such as these. Genesis 28.12 Then he dreamed, and behold, there stood a ladder upon the earth, and the top of it reached up to heaven, and lo, the angels of God went up and down by it. John 1.51 And he said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Genesis 3.15 I will also put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. He shall break thine head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Romans 16.20 The God of peace shall break. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. Satan under your feet. Genesis 8.20 Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings upon the altar. Verse 21, And the Lord smelt a savour of rest, and said, Ephesians 5.2, Christ hath loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice of a sweet-smelling savour to God. For the finding out of these places, the Greek and Hebrew concordances serve very fitly. Places which agree in sense are those that have the same meaning. Here excelleth the comparing of a general place with a special example in the same kind as proverbs twenty eight thirteen he that hideth his sins shall not prosper but he that confesseth and forsaketh them shall find mercy psalm thirty two three and four when i held my tongue my bones consumed etc five i acknowledged my sin unto thee neither hid i mine iniquity i said i will confess against myself my wickedness unto the lord and thou forgavest the punishment of my sin Two Samuel fifteen twenty five. The king charged Zadok, saying, Carry the ark of God again into the city. If I shall find favour in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and show me both it and the tabernacle thereof. Verse twenty six. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, there I am. Let him do to me as seemeth good in his eyes. One Peter five six. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may extol you in due time. Thou shalt have ready very many places of this kind in the commonplaces of Malarat, gathered together with diligence, and thus much for places that are alike. Places that are unlike are those which in show do not agree, either in respect of the phrase or in regard of the meaning, as Romans 3.28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the works of the law. James 2.24, Ye see, therefore, how that of works a man is justified, and not of faith only. 1 Kings 9.28, And they came to Ophir, and fetched from thence four hundred and twenty talents of gold, and brought it to King Solomon. 2 Chronicles 8.18, And they went with the servants of Solomon to Ophir, and brought from thence four hundred and fifty talents of gold, and brought them to King Solomon. Acts 17.14, then sent Joseph, and caused his father to be brought, and all his kindred, even threescore and fifteen souls. Genesis 46.27 All the souls of the house of Jacob, which came into Egypt, are threescore and ten. Acts 7.16 
and were removed into Sychem, and were put in the sepulchre that Abraham had bought for money of the sons of Emor, sons of Sychem. Genesis 48.22 I, that is Jacob, have given unto thee one portion above thy brethren, which I got out of the Amorite by my sword and by my bow. Zechariah 11.13 And I took the thirty pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Matthew 27.9 Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, And they took thirty silver pieces, etc. Chapter 5 of the Ways of Expounding The manner or ways of interpreting are according to the places of Scripture which are to be handled. Places are either analogical or plain, or cryptical and dark. Analogical places are such as have an apparent meaning agreeable to the analogy of faith, and that at the first view. Concerning these places receive this rule. If the natural signification of the words of the place propounded do agree with the circumstances of the same place, it is the proper meaning of the place. As, for example, Acts 10.43, to him also give all the prophets witness, that through his name all that believe in him shall receive remission of sins. The signification of the words of this place is very manifest, to wit, that Jesus Christ doth give righteousness and everlasting life to those that do believe in him. And this sense we do presently admit without any delay, because we see that it doth agree with the analogy of faith and with the holy scriptures. We must further know that every article and doctrine concerning faith and manners which is necessary unto salvation is very plainly delivered in the scriptures cryptical or hidden places are those which are difficult and dark for the expounding of them let this be thy rule and leader if the native or natural signification of the words do manifestly disagree with either the analogy of faith or very perspicuous places of the scripture then the other meaning which is given of the place propounded is natural and proper if it agree with contrary and like places and with the circumstances and words of the place and with the nature of that thing which is entreated of, as, for example, 1 Corinthians 11.24, This is my body, which is broken for you. The sense that is given by some, this bread is indeed and properly the body of Christ, namely by conversion, or the body of Christ in, under, or with the bread. The unfitness of this sense. The letter or words used in this place being retained or expounded accordingly without any alteration doth disagree with an article of the faith he ascended into heaven and with the nature of a sacrament which ought to be a memorial of the body of christ absent therefore a new exposition is to be sought for a new or second sense in this place the bread is a sign of my body by a metonymy of the subject for the adjunct the fitness of this exposition First, it agrees with the analogy of faith. One, he ascended truly into heaven, that is, he was taken up out of the earth, into heaven, locally and visibly. Therefore, his body is not to be received with the mouth at the communion, but by faith. Here, there is a lacuna in the text, apprehending it in the heaven. Two, born of the Virgin Mary, etc. Therefore, he had a true and natural body, being long, broad, thick, seated, and circumscribed in some place, whereby it appeareth that the bread in the supper cannot be properly his very body, but only a sign or pledge thereof. Secondly, this sense consenteth with the circumstances of the place propounded. One, he took, he brake it. Here, it is not likely that Christ, sitting amongst his disciples, did take and break his own body with his hands. Therefore the bread is no more than a sign and seal. Two, delivered or given for you. 
the bread can in no wise be said to be given for us but the body of christ therefore the bread is not properly the body but symbolically or by way of signification three the cup is the new testament not properly but by a metonymy therefore nothing hindereth but that a metonymy may be as well in the words this is my body four christ himself did eat of the bread but he did not eat himself five do ye this in remembrance of me therefore christ is not corporeally present to the mouth but spiritually to the faith of the heart six until he come therefore christ is absent in his body seven christ said not under the form of bread or in the bread but he said this that is this bread is my body thirdly this sense accords with the nature of a sacrament in which we must make a proportion and resemblance between the sign and the thing signified which here can be none if the bread be properly the body fourthly it agrees with like places genesis seventeen ten this is my covenant which ye shall keep betwixt you and me verse eleven ye shall circumcise the foreskin of your flesh and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you one corinthians ten four they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was christ romans four eleven he received the sign of circumcision which might seal the righteousness of faith exodus twelve one the lamb is the lord's passover verse thirteen it is a sign of his passing over acts two thirty eight be baptized for the remission of sins john six thirty five and jesus said unto them i am the bread of life he that cometh unto me shall not hunger and he that believeth in me shall never thirst one corinthians ten sixteen the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of christ the bread which we break is it not the communion of the body of christ that is a sign of the communion fifthly it agreeeth with the laws of logic for one disparate is not spoken or predicated of another but by a borrowed speech sixthly it is agreeable to the common custom of speaking so we put the fasces or bundle of rods used to be carried before magistrates for government itself the gown we put for peace and the laurel garland for a triumph as in tully cedant armatogia concedant lauria lingue therefore this other sense is proper now from this rule do arise many consectories or conclusions necessary for the understanding of the scriptures consectory one the supply of every word which is wanting is fitting for the place propounded if it agree with the analogy or squire of faith and with the circumstances and words of the same place as for example ephesians three one for which cause i paul the prisoner of jesus christ for you gentiles the sentence is defective therefore a supply must be made and let this be the supply i will be an ambassador for you gentiles this is not fit because paul was not an ambassador for the gentiles but for christ let another be given have boasted for you gentiles but this seemeth to be something too bold neither is any such like speech to be met with in any part of the scriptures therefore the sentence may be fitly supplied after this manner for which cause i paul am the prisoner of jesus christ for you gentiles the same may be said of the rest defective speeches isaiah one thirteen i cannot iniquity their supply i cannot bear iniquity luke thirteen nineteen and if it bear fruit if not then after thou shalt cut it down and if it bear fruit thou shalt let it stand and if not then after thou shalt cut it down exodus four twenty five 
Then Zipporah took a sharp and cut away the foreskin of her son. Then Zipporah took a sharp knife and cut, etc. 2 Samuel 21.16 Isibenod, which of the sons of a certain giant, the weight of his sword, the weight of three hundred shekels of steel, and he girded with a new. Isibenod, who was of the sons of a certain giant, the weight of his sword, or spear's head, Macronis, was the weight of three hundred shekels of steel, and he was girded with a new sword. 1 Corinthians 9.25 And every man that proveth masteries is continent in all things, and they to obtain a corruptible crown, but we for an incorruptible. And they are continent to obtain a corruptible crown, etc. Exodus 19.4 You have seen how I have carried you upon eagles' wings, as it were upon eagles' wings. Consectory 2 if that other exposition given of the place propounded do change one noun or name for another, then the words of the place contained in them a trope or borrowed speech. Hence arise many cautions concerning sacred tropes. One, an anthropopathia, is a sacred metaphor whereby those things that are properly spoken of man are by a similitude attributed unto God. Hence it is that the soul of God is put for his life or essence. Jeremiah 5.29 or shall not my soul be avenged of such a nation as this? Head is used for prince or above. 1 Corinthians 11.3, God is the head of Christ. His face is put for favour or anger. Psalm 37, Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. Psalm 34.16, The face of the Lord is angry at those that do evil. His eyes are used for grace and providence. Psalm 34.15, The eyes of the Lord are upon the just. The apple of his eye signifieth a thing very dear. Zechariah 2.8 He that toucheth you toucheth the apple of mine eye. His ears are put for his accepting of men's prayers, his nostrils for indignation, his hands for power and protection, his arm for strength and fortitude, his right hand for authority and power, his finger for virtue, his foot for government and might. Psalm 110.3 His smelling for his acceptation of something. Genesis 8.21, he smelled the savour of rest. Repentance is used for the alteration of things and actions made by God. 2. A sacramental metonymy is that whereby the name of the adjunct, as also of the helping cause, is put for the thing represented in the sacrament, or whereby the sign is put for the thing signified, or contrarily. Genesis 2.9, the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is, the tree which is a sign of these. Genesis 22.14, Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will see or provide. That is, it is a sign that the Lord will do so. Genesis 28.22, the stone is called God's house. Exodus 12, the paschal lamb is the passing over. Exodus 17.15, the altar is called, the Lord is my standard or banner. Ezekiel 48.35, Jerusalem is named, the Lord is there. Leviticus 16, the priest is termed a satisfier. John 1. Christ is called a lamb, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. The paschal lamb is called Christ, 1 Corinthians 5.7, our Passover Christ is sacrificed for us, and in the same place Christians are said to be unleavened, Romans 3.25. Christ is the termed propitiatory, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, or the cover of the Ark of the Covenant. 1 Corinthians 10, Christians are said to be one bread, 
and the rock is called Christ. Titus 3.5, baptism is named the washing of the new birth. 1 Corinthians 11, the cup is called the New Testament, and the bread is said to be the body of Christ. 3. The communication of the properties is a synecdoche, by the which, by reason of the personal union, that is spoken of the whole person of Christ, which doth properly belong to one of his two natures. Acts 20.28, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. John 3.13, For no man ascendeth up to heaven, but he that hath descended from heaven, the Son of man which is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 2.8, For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. John 8.58, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Luke 2.52, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favour with God and man. This communication of the properties hath place only in the concrete and not in the abstract. Concrete is the name of the whole person, as God, man, Christ, etc. Abstract is a name of either of the two natures considered apart, as the Godhead, manhead, etc. 4. Things spoken of God which carry with them the show of evil must be understood in regard of his operative or working permission. Nehemiah 9.37 And it yieldeth much fruit unto the kings, whom thou hast set over us because of our sins, and they have dominion over our bodies and over our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great affliction. Isaiah 19.14 The Lord hath mingled among them the spirit of errors, and they have caused Egypt to err in every work thereof. Exodus 4 and 9 and 11 and 14 God doth harden the heart of Pharaoh. Deuteronomy 2.30 The Lord thy God hath hardened his spirit, and made his heart obstinate, because he would deliver him into thine hand, as appeareth this day. Joshua 11.20 It came of the Lord that their heart was hardened, that they might come against Israel in battle, to the intent that they should destroy them utterly, and show them no mercy, but bring them to naught. 1 Samuel 2.25 They hearkened not to the voice of their father, because the Lord meant to destroy them. 2 Chronicles 22.7 the destruction of Ahaziah came from God. Psalm 105.25 He turned their heart to hate his people and to work craftily against his servants. Romans 1.28 God delivered them up to a reprobate mind. 2 Thessalonians 2.11 God will send them strong delusions that they may believe lies. Ezekiel 14.9 And when the prophet shall be enticed to speak a prophecy, I the Lord will entice that prophet, and stretching out mine hand against him, I will destroy him out of the midst of my people. 5. Things spoken, completive, as if they were already finished, if they be not as yet finished, they are to be understood, in coative, as being begun, and in the way to be fulfilled. Genesis 5.32 And when Noah was five hundred years old, he begot Shem, Ham, and Japheth, that is, he began to beget them. Genesis 11.26, Terah lived seventy years, when he begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. 1 Kings 6.2 and 37, Psalm 119.8, I will observe thy statutes, do not forsake me. It is to be understood of his endeavour to do so, as in Philippians 3, not as though I had already attained to it, or were already perfect, but I follow on, if that I may comprehend that for whose sake also I am comprehended of Jesus Christ. Verse 15, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. 
Luke 1, 6, and they were both just in the sight of God, walking in all his commandments and ordinances without blame. 6. Moral commandments or laws under one sin by name expressed do signify and mean all the sins of that kind, their causes, occasions, and allurements to them, and command the contrary virtues. For so Christ expounded moral laws, Matthew 5, 2, to the end of the chapter. 1 John 3.15 He that hateth his brother is a manslayer. 7. Threats and promises are to be understood with their conditions. Those are to be conceived with the condition of faith and repentance, and these, specially if they be corporal, with the exception of chastisement and the cross. Ezekiel 33.14 When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt die the death, if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. 15. He shall surely live and not die. Revelation 21.8 But the fearful and unbelievers, etc., shall have their portion in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But in the sixth verse he annexeth a promise, saying, I will give unto him that is a thirst of the well of the water of life freely. Jonah 3.4 Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be subverted. By those things which follow it appeareth that a condition is to be understood. Jeremiah 18.19 like to these, there are particular examples, Isaiah 38, 1, of Hezekiah, Give commandments to thy family, for thou shalt shortly die, and shalt not live. The condition of God's will is to be understood. Genesis 20, verse 3, The Lord saith to Abimelech, Because he had taken Abraham's wife to himself, Behold, thou shalt die for the woman which thou hast taken, except unless thou restore her. Hence arose the distinction of the schools of the signifying will and the will of God's good pleasure. The will of good pleasure is that whereby God doth will something absolutely and simply without any condition, as the creation and regiment of the world, and the sending of his Son. The signifying will is that whereby he willeth some things for some other thing, and with condition. And so we say, because that the condition annexed is a sign of the will, that God doth so will. 8. A superlative or exclusive speech is used of one person, doth not exclude the other persons of the deity, but only creatures and feigned gods, to which the true God, whether in one person or in more, is opposed. John 17.3 This is life eternal, to know thee to be the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. He calleth the Father the only true God, that he might oppose him to all false gods. Romans 16.27 to the only wise God be glory by Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 1.17, John 10.29. The Father is greater than all, not than the rest of the persons, but than the creatures. Mark 13.37, The Father alone knoweth the day of judgment. All the outward works of the Trinity and all attributes are to be understood inclusively, that is, without exception of any of the persons. 9. When God is considered absolutely or by himself, the three persons are comprehended. When the word God is conferred, or set with a person of the Trinity, it signifieth the Father. 2 Corinthians 13.13 13, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with you all. 10. A general word is taken specially, and so on the contrary, as all, saith Augustine, lib. 6, contra Julian, chapter 12. For many, and many for all, are oftentimes used in the Scriptures, Genesis 33.11, God hath had mercy on me, therefore I have all things. Jeremiah 8.6 All are turned to their own race. That is the greater part. 
Matthew twenty one twenty six all men counted John as a prophet, that is the most. Philippians two twenty one all seek their own things and not the things of Christ. Deuteronomy twenty eight sixty four and God shall scatter thee among all people, that is many. One Kings twelve eighteen and all the Israelites stoned him, that is all that were present. Exodus nine six all the living creatures of Egypt died. Jeremiah twenty six nine then was gathered together all the people against Jeremiah in the house of the Lord, that is all wicked people. Matthew four twenty three healing every disease, to wit, that was offered to him. John fourteen thirteen whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, that is whatsoever ye shall ask according to his word. One Corinthians six twelve all things are lawful for me, that is all adiaphora things that are indifferent and not simply evil. Nothing is put for little or small. John eighteen twenty. I have spoken nothing in secret. That is little. Acts twenty seven thirty three. None is used for a few. Jeremiah eight six. There is none that repenteth of his wickedness. That is but a few. One Corinthians two eight. Which wisdom none of the rulers of this world knew. That is very few. Always is taken for often or long. Proverbs thirteen ten. Amongst the proud there is always contentions, that is, often. Luke 18.1. He spake unto them a parable that they ought to pray always. Luke 24.53. And they were always in the temple, lauding and praising of God. John 18.20. I always taught in the synagogue and in the temple. Eternal is used for a long time, agreeing with the matter in hand. Genesis 17.8. All the land of Canaan is given unto Abraham for an everlasting possession. Leviticus 25.46 Ye shall use their labours for ever. Deuteronomy 15.17 If thy servant be thy brother and Hebrew, and will not go from thee, then shalt thou take an awl, and pierce his ear through against the door, and he shall be thy servant for ever, in eternum. 1 Chronicles 15.2 God hath chosen the Levites that they might minister for ever unto him. Isaiah 34.6 and beasts shall possess Edomia and Bosra eternally. Daniel 2.4. O king, live forever. Jeremiah 25.9. I will make Judah and the regions bordering upon it an amazement, a hissing, and a perpetual desolation. Everywhere is used for here and there, without respect of place. Mark 16.2. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord co-working. Acts 17.30, The Lord admonisheth all men everywhere to repent. Not is restrained to some special matter. Psalm 7.4, Iniquity is not in mine hands, that is, in my cause against the accomplices of Saul. John 17.13, Neither have his parents sinned, that is, that this man should be born blind for their sins. I will have mercy, not sacrifice. Not is put for seldom, scarcely, or hardly. 1 Kings 15.5. David declined not from any of the things which the Lord had commanded unto him, saving in the matter of Uriah, that is, seldom. Luke 2.37. She was a widow, and went not out of the temple. Consectory 3. Grammatical and rhetorical properties of words signify diversely with those words. As an ellipsis signifieth either brevity or the swiftness of the affections. Genesis 11.4. Let us build a city and a tower whose top, open brackets, may reach, close brackets, unto heaven, that we may get us a name. Acts 5.39, But if it be of God, ye cannot destroy it. Open brackets, ad nesio, and I know not. 
close brackets, whether ye shall be found fighters also with God. Psalm 6, And thou, O Lord, how long? Exodus 22.20, He that sacrificeth to strange gods, let him be destroyed as a thing execrable, saving him, open brackets, who sacrificeth, close brackets, to Jehovah. Genesis 3.22, Now therefore, open brackets, we must look, close brackets, lest that stretching out his hand he take of the tree of life. 1 Chronicles 4.10, If thou wilt bless me effectually, open brackets, I will do this or that, close brackets, if thou vex the fatherless child, open brackets, I will vex thee, close brackets. The analogy of the preterperfect tense, whereby the time past is put for the time to come, signifieth in the oracles of the prophets the certainty of the thing that is to come. Genesis 20 verse 3, Thou hast died because of the woman, that is, thou shalt die. Isaiah 9 6, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah 21 9, It is fallen, it is fallen, Babylon, etc. A pleonasm, which is manifold, when it is of the substantive repeated in the same case, it doth signify, 1. A force and emphasis, Psalm 133, 2, as the ointment which descended unto the beard, the beard of Aaron. Luke 6.46, Why call ye me Lord, Lord? 2. A multitude, Genesis 32.16, He gave into the hands of his servants droves, droves, that is, many droves. Joel 3. Troops, troops, in the valley of concision, that is, many troops or multitudes. 3. Distribution, at the gate and gate. 1 Chronicles 16, that is, in every gate. Leviticus 17.3, a man and a man, that is, every man. 2 Chronicles 19.5, thou shalt appoint judges in a city and in a city, that is, in every city. 4. Diversity and variety. Psalm 12, they speak with an heart and an heart, that is, with diverse or a double heart. Proverbs 20.20. 20. A weight and a weight are abominable unto the Lord. There is a pleonasm of the substantive when one is governed of another. 1. In the singular number it is very significant and argues certainty. Exodus 31.15. On the seventh day is the Sabbath of Sabbath. Micah 2.4. And they shall lament the lamentation of lamentation. 2. In the plural number it signifieth excellency. Psalm 136, 2, the God of gods, that is, the Most High God. Daniel 3, the King of kings. Ecclesiastes 1, 2, vanity of vanities, a song of songs, a servant of servants. The pleonasm of the adjective, and sometimes also of the substantive repeated, signifieth exaggeration or increasing. Jeremiah 24, 3, I see good figs, good. Isaiah 6, 3, holy, 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 the Lord God of hosts. Exodus 34.6, The Lord, passing before his face, cried, Jehovah, Jehovah, the strong God. Jeremiah 7.4, Trust not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, this is the temple of the Lord. Jeremiah 22.29, O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Ezekiel 21.28, Say thou, the sword, the sword is drawn and furbished for the slaughter. Proverbs 6.10, the pleonasm of the verb doth either make the speech more emphatical and significant, or else signifieth and showeth vehemency, or certainty, or speediness. Genesis 2.17, In dying thou shalt die. Isaiah 50 verse 2, Is mine hand shortened in shortening? Isaiah 56.3, By separating God hath separated me from his people. Psalm 50.21, 
Thou thinkest me by being to be like thee. Psalm 119. Let his children in wandering be wanderers or vagabonds, and let them beg. Jeremiah 12.16. And it shall come to pass, if in learning they shall learn the ways of my people, etc. 2 Kings 8.10. Proverbs 27.23. Exodus 13.17. Isaiah 6.9. Isaiah 55.2. 2 2 Kings 5.11. Genesis 46.4. 2 Samuel 15.30. Jeremiah 23.29. The pleonasm of the conjunction sometimes argueth earnestness. Ezekiel 13.10. Therefore, therefore, because they have made my people to err. Wherefore, a conjunction doubled, otherwise than it is in Latin, increaseth the denial. Exodus 14.11, Hast thou brought us to die in the wilderness? Is it because there were no, no graves in Egypt? That is, none at all. Matthew 13.14, By seeing ye shall see, and shall not not. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. Perceive. The pleonasm of the sentence signifieth first distribution. A court was in the corner of the court. A court was in the corner of the court. A court was in the corner of the court. That is, in every corner of the court there was one court. Secondly, it makes an emphasis. Exodus 12.50 The Israelites did as Moses and Aaron commanded. So did they. Psalm 145.18 The Lord is near unto all that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. Psalm 124.1, Unless the Lord had been on our side, may Israel now say, Unless the Lord had been on our side. Thirdly, the repetition of the sentence, which is done in other words, is for exposition's sake. 2 Kings 20, verse 3, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. Psalm 6, verses 9 and 10, The Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping, the Lord hath heard my prayer, the Lord hath received my supplication. Isaiah 3.9 They have declared their sin and have not hidden it. John 1.3 All things were made by him, and without him nothing was made. All tropes are emphatical, and besides delight and ornament, they do also afford matter for the nourishment of faith, as when Christ is put for a Christian man, or for the church of God. Matthew 25.35 1 Corinthians 12, as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of one body, though they be many, are yet but one body, so also Christ, that is, the church. Acts 9.4, this trope doth comfort a faithful soul, and nourish faith. An irony signifieth a just reprehension of sin. Judges 10.14, and the Lord said to the children of Israel, Go ye, and cry out to your gods, whom ye have chosen. Let them save you in the time of trouble. Mark 7, 9, And he said unto them, Well ye abrogate the commandment of God, and observe your own tradition. 1 Kings twenty two fifteen. The king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth-Gilead to battle? Or shall we not? And he answered, Go up and prosper. Doubtless the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. 1 Kings eighteen twenty seven, And at noon... Elijah mocked them, and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he talketh, or pursueth his enemies, or is in his journey, or, it may be, he sleepeth, and must be awaked. 1 Corinthians 4, 8 Now are ye full, now are ye enriched. Without us ye have gotten a kingdom. Figures of a word in the repetition of a word or sound have for the most part an emphasis in them. 
Psalm 66.7, Let God, even our God, bless us. Isaiah 48.11, For mine own sake, for mine own sake will I do it. John 1.51, Verily, verily, I say unto you. Psalm 67.6, The people shall praise thee, O God, all the people shall praise thee. In the 136th Psalm there is a repetition made in every verse for this cause. An interrogation signifieth, one, an earnest affirmation, or asseveration. Genesis 4.7, Is there not remission, if thou shalt do well? Joshua 10.13, Is not this written in the book of the just? John 4.35, Do ye not say that it is yet four months to harvest? Joshua 1.9, Genesis 37.13, 1 Kings 20.27, Mark 12.24, John 6.7. Secondly, it signifieth a denial. Genesis 18.4, Shall any word be hard unto God? Romans 3.3, 3, Shall their incredulity make the faith of God of none effect? Matthew 12.26, If Satan shall vanquish Satan, how shall his kingdom continue? 3. It signifies a forbidding. Psalm 79.10, Help us, O God. Why shall the Gentiles say, Where is their God? 2 Samuel 2.22, And Abner said to Asaphel, Depart from me, wherefore should I smite thee to the ground? 4. It argueth sundry affections, as admiration, compassion, complaining, and finding of fault. Psalm 8.10, O Lord, how admirable is thy name in all the earth! Isaiah 1.21, How is the faithful city become an harlot? Psalm 22, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Concession, or yielding, signifieth a denial, and reprehension. 2 Corinthians 12.16 But be it that I am charged you not, but, because I was crafty, I took you with guile. Verse 17 Did I pill you by any of them whom I send? Consectory 4 If the opposition of unlike places shall be taught to be either not the same matter, but of name only, or not according to the same part, or not in the same respect, or not in the same manner, or not at the same time. A reconciliation or agreement is made. Examples Psalm 7, verse 8 Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness. Isaiah 64, 6 We have all been as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is as filthy clouts. The Reconciliation it appeareth by the scope and circumstances of both the places that this contradiction is not in the same respect. Distinguish, therefore. There is one righteousness of the cause or action, and another of the person. The first place speaketh of the former, and the second of the latter. Matthew 10.10 10. Nor a script for the journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor a staff. Mark 6, verses 8 and 9 and commandeth them to take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, neither script, neither bread, nor money in their girdles, but that they should be shod with sandals. The Reconciliation Distinguish the respects. Matthew meaneth such a staff as may be a burden to the bearers thereof. Mark understandeth such a one as may sustain and ease those that travel, such a one as Jacob used. Genesis 32.10 Moreover, the shoes that Matthew mentioneth are new, such as are with care and diligence prepared for to travel in. The sandals in Mark are not new, but such as are daily worn on the feet. From this fourth consectory many provisos or cautions arise, meet to be observed in the reconciling of places. 
one the holy writers speaking of things and persons that are past do anticipate that is they speak of them according to the custom of that place and time in which they wrote genesis twelve eight afterward removing thence unto a mountain eastward from bethel the place was so called in the days of moses but in abraham's time it was not called bethel but luz genesis twenty eight nineteen genesis thirteen one abraham went up out of egypt towards the south not in respect of egypt but of that place wherein moses was one peter three nineteen christ in his spirit preached to them that are in prison they are said to be in prison in regard of the time in which peter wrote this epistle and not of that wherein noah lived psalm one hundred and five fifteen touch not mine anointed abraham isaac and jacob are said to be anointed in respect of the manner and fashion of the time wherein david lived for they had no external anointing two allegories are to be expounded according to the scope or intent of the place so chrysostom saith upon the eighth of matthew parables must not be expounded according to the letter lest many absurdities do follow augustine upon the eighth psalm speaketh on this sort in every allegory this rule is to be retained that that be considered according to the purpose of the present place which is there spoken of under a similitude three places and persons in the scriptures have very often two names gideon was called jerobal judges six thirty two and also jerob sheth two samuel eleven twenty one abimelech one samuel twenty one three and abiathar mark two twenty six solomon one samuel twelve twenty four and jedediah twenty five zimri one chronicles two six and zabdi joshua seven one hazariah two chronicles twenty two six and ahaziah one chronicles three eleven and jehoaz two chronicles twenty one seventeen jehonan one chronicles three fifteen and jehoadaz two kings twenty three thirty and also shalom jeremiah twenty one eleven jehoiachin two kings twenty four six and jeconiah one chronicles three sixteen and caniah jeremiah thirty two twenty four mephibosheth two samuel four and meribal one chronicles eight thirty four abinadab one chronicles ten two and ishui one samuel fourteen forty nine eliakim and iakim two kings twenty three twenty four azias and azarias two kings fifteen one two chronicles twenty six one esther edisa esther two seven simon peter john one forty two and cephas and baraniah joseph and barnabas acts four thirty six saul and paul acts thirteen six and eight matthew and levi jerusalem is called jebus and salem moreover the name which is indeed one receiveth many times changes and differences as salmon ruth four twenty one is called salma two chronicles two eleven abigail two samuel seventeen twenty five is named abigail one chronicles two sixteen tiglath pileser two kings fifteen nineteen is termed tiglath pilneza one chronicles five six aram matthew one three is the same with ram one chronicles two nine again on the contrary distinct persons and diverse places have one name matthew one eleven josiah begat jechbaniah and his brethren about the time they were carried away into babylon verse twelve and after they were carried away into babylon jechaniah begat salathiel 
here now because jeconiah doth both finish the second tessera decade and begin the third one of them will be wanting to one of those tessera decades unless we say that there were two jeconiahs both father and son succoth is a name of three places the first is in egypt exodus twelve thirty seven the second is the tribe of gad joshua thirteen twenty seven the third in the tribe of manasseh one kings seven forty six four in sacred accounts by reason of the wickedness of the prince either his name or the number of years in which he reigned wickedly are omitted and left out one samuel thirteen one saul reigned two years over israel that is lawfully or as lyra speaketh rightly but otherwise he reigned longer matthew one eight joram begat uzziah here three are left out for their wickedness to wit ahaziah joash and amaziah five the time spoken of is taken either completely or uncompletely and the parts thereof are understood either inclusively or exclusively as one kings fifteen nine and in the twentieth year of jeroboam asa reigned over judah one kings fifteen twenty five nadab the son of jeroboam brackets began to reign over israel the second year end brackets of asa king of judah and reigned over israel brackets two year end brackets one kings fifteen twenty eight even in the brackets third year of asa king of judah end brackets did baasha slay nadab and reigned in his stead the reconcilement nadab who began to reign in the second year of asa might reign two years although baasha succeeded him in the third year of asa because the last years of the kings of israel and judah are not fully expired but some of them as in this place do scarcely contain months in them the rest of the years being put completely matthew seventeen one and the sixth day after jesus took peter and james and john his brother and brought them up unto an high mountain luke nine twenty eight and it came to pass about an eight days after that having taken to him peter and james and john he went up into a mountain the reconcilement matthew puts exclusively only the days that were between which were altogether accomplished luke puts in the reckoning the two outermost days also the parts of time are put sometimes inclusively and sometimes exclusively one that the number may be more perfect augustine saith question forty seven on exodus in a perfect number oftentimes that which is either wanting or abounding is not counted judges eleven twenty six israel dwelt in heshbon and arua and their towns three hundred years these years are to be reckoned from the departure of the israelites out of egypt after this manner the time of their abode in the wilderness was forty years the time of the government of joshua was seventeen years of othniel forty years judges three eleven of ehud and chamgar eighty years judges three thirty of barak forty years judges five fifty one of gideon forty years judges eight twenty eight of abimelech three years judges nine twenty two of tola twenty three years judges ten two of jaya twenty two years judges ten three the whole in all this is three hundred and five years here therefore the five odd years are not named it may be because this even number of three hundred is fitter both for the computation and the speech two for brevity's sake judges twenty forty six there were slain of the benjaminites twenty five thousand here an hundred are not counted as appeareth verse thirty five the israelites slew that day of the tribe of benjamin five hundred and twenty thousand and a hundred men five the king being hindered either with foreign war or with old age or by reason of some disease 
doth while he yet liveth appoint his son to be king in his stead and therefore with the computations of the years of father and son reigning at one time the years of the reign are reckoned sometimes jointly and sometimes apart two kings one seventeen ahaziah died and jehoram reigned in his stead brackets in the second year of jehoram the reign of jehoshaphat and brackets king of judah two kings three one echoram the son of ahab reigned in the brackets eighteenth year of jehoshaphat chapter eight verse sixteen in the fifth year of joram the son of ahab in brackets jehoram the son of jehoshaphat began to reign and reigned eight years the reconciliation jehoshaphat determining in the seventeenth year of his reign to help king ahab against the syrians appointeth his son joram to be viceroy in the eighteenth year of his own reign and in the second of his sons joram the son of ahab reigned afterwards in the fifth year of this joram the son of ahab jehoshaphat being stricken in age confirmeth his kingdom to his son joram who is said to have reigned eight years four whilst his father was alive and four alone by himself after the death of his father two kings fifteen thirty and hoshea the son of elah wrought treason against pekah the son of remaliah and smote him and slew him and reigned in his room brackets in the twentieth year of jotham in brackets the son of uzziah two kings fifteen thirty three jotham the son of uzziah was five and twenty years old when he began to reign brackets and he reigned sixteen years in brackets in jerusalem the reconciliation he reigned sixteen years alone after his father's death he reigned also twenty with his father for he governed the kingdom of his father who was diseased with the leprosy six the eastern countrymen do diversely distinguish their artificial day both into twelve equal hours commonly called planetary hours and into quadrants having their name of the hour going next before Berold chronology the eastern men's accounting here there is a diagram in the text hours one two three four and five reckoned under one hours six seven eight and nine reckoned under three hours ten eleven and twelve reckoned under six twelve and following under nine end diagram the manner of our counting seven eight nine ten eleven twelve one two three four five six mark fifteen twenty five and it was brackets the third hour end brackets when they crucified him john nineteen fourteen and it was the preparation of the passover brackets and about the sixth hour end brackets and he said unto the jews behold your king the reconciliation the opposition is not in the same respect therefore distinguish the manners of accounting the hours of the day and then it will appear that christ might be crucified at the third hour and at about the sixth seven the lesser number is to be counted under the greater and the more complete judges three eleven the land had rest forty years when othniel died under this number are all the years comprehended from the death of joshua to the death of othniel as also the eight years of servitude under the syrians judges three verse thirty the land had rest eighty years here from the death of othniel are numbered also the years of ehud and shamgar for Ehud could not be judged eighty years, for when these years are expired, the whole time of man is run out. 
the like we meet with judges five thirty one and eight twenty eight and nine twenty two and ten verses two and three and eleven twenty six where in the three hundred years are included the forty years of their tarrying in the desert filiation or sonship is either natural or legal natural is by generation legal is by adoption which is to be testified by education and bringing up and by succession in the kingdom and in leveration by the law of redemption to samuel twenty one eight and the king took the five sons of michal the daughter of saul whom she bare to Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Mahaloite. 1 Samuel 18.19 When Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, she was given unto Adriel, a Mahalite, to wife. The Reconciliation They are the natural sons of Merab and the legal sons of Michal, and therefore to bear doth only signify to bring up, to feed, and to nourish. For thus the sons of Machia, Genesis 50.23, are said to be born, not the on Joseph's knees, that is, brought up. Matthew one twelve, Jeconias begat Salathiel. Luke 3.27, Salathiel, the son of Neri. The Reconciliation. Salathiel was the son of Neri by nature, and the son of Jeconias legally in regard of succession in the same kingdom. After this manner, Zedekiah is the brother of Jeconiah, or Jehoiakim, 2 Chronicles 36.10, and uncle, 2 Kings 14.17, and son, 1 Chronicles 3.16, his brother by generation and his son by the right of succession. On this manner, Matthew and Luke are reconciled in the genealogy of Christ, for the one follows the natural order as Luke and the other the legal. Consectory 5. When the natural sense of the place propounded is given by the foresaid helps a signification of a word signifying diverse things, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, shall be given, which is fitting to the place. Thus the significations of vav, the prefix or copulative, are, as Brunerus hath observed in his Hebrew grammar, distinguished according to the diversity of the places. It signifieth, 1. At Isaiah 9.10, Genesis 42.10, 2. Gorniam. Isaiah fifty three eleven, three Quin, Isaiah nine eleven, Psalm seventy three four, four it est, Isaiah nine fourteen, one Samuel seventeen forty, five, it kirko, Proverbs one eighteen, six, it David, Psalm eighteen thirty nine, Isaiah twenty four twenty, seven, sic etiam, Isaiah ten ten and fifty one eleven. 8. Et Damen. 1 Chronicles 5.2. Nehemiah 9.19. 9. Atqui. Psalm 73.2 and 19.6. 10. Posteatunc. Isaiah 16.12. Genesis 3.5. 11. Autem. Isaiah 1.21. Nehemiah 2.9. 12. Etiam. Second Regnum three eight thirteen Num Isaiah thirty seven eleven fourteen Sicut Sicum Psalm one hundred and twenty five two Daniel seven two fifteen Qui Que Quod Isaiah forty three eight sixteen Quum Psalm fifty seventeen seventeen
Ut. Isaiah 49.6 18. Quamwis. Jeremiah 31.35 19. Inquam. Isaiah 55.1 20. Itque. Psalm 105.12 21. Atque. Ita. Proverbs 3.4 22. Etud. Isaiah 58, 5 and 6. 23. Quoniam ideo. Psalm 119, 17. 24. Imo. Psalm 109, 18. 25. Nec non. Psalm 72, 16. 26. Verum. Psalm 73, 23. 27. Etiamsi, Job 19.26, 28, Aut, Psalm 139.7, 29, Quod Itque, Psalm 139.14, 30, Etvero, Psalm 139.17, 31, Tum, Nehemiah 12.27, 32, Simulatque, Jeremiah 50. 43. 33. Sisin. Second Regnum 517. 34. Nec. Isaiah 41 8. 35. Hoc igitur. Proverbs 17 33. 36. Unacum. Proverbs 8 18. 37. Quod. Genesis 47 6. Thus it appeareth that berek signifieth contrary things as to bless and to curse. Job 1.5, 1 Kings 21.10, and 11.2.9. To conclude, hence it is evident that hukal, Genesis 4.26, doth not signify profaned but begun. Reason 1, when kahal signifieth to profane, it ought to be joined with a noun and to govern it. But here it doth immediately follow rara, a verb infinitive. Reason 2. Amongst many causes of the deluge, Moses reckoneth not the profanation of God's worship, which notwithstanding should have been chiefly noted, if so be that it reigned among the people of God. Consectory 6. If a word given in the Bible, whether it be an Hebrew word or a Greek, if first it do agree with grammatical construction and with other approved copies, if also it do agree in respect of the sense, with the circumstances and drift of the place, and with the analogy of faith, it is proper and natural. I lay down this rule, not because I think that the Hebrew and Greek text is in all copies corrupted through the malice of the Jews, as Lydanus doth wickedly calumniate, and after him all papists, but that the diverse readings which in some places have crept in either by reason of the unskilfulness or negligence and oversight of the notaries might be scanned and determined as Psalm 22.16. In ordinary copies the words run thus, Kari, that is, as a lion, my hands and my feet. In other copies the reading is diverse after this manner, Karu, they have digged or pierced my hands and my feet. Now the rule propounded doth teach that this latter reading is to be followed, for it agreeth one with grammatical construction, two with the circumstances of the psalm, three with some ancient copies, yea, even by the testimony of the Jews. Chapter 6 of the Right Dividing of the Word Hitherto we have spoken of interpreting the word. 
we are now come to speak of the right cutting or the right dividing of it right cutting of the word is that whereby the word is made fit to edify the people of god two timothy two fifteen study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that need not to be ashamed dividing or cutting the word of truth aright it is a metaphor taken it may be from the levites who might not cut the members of the sacrifices without due consideration isaiah fifty verse four the lord hath given me the tongue of the learned that i might know to minister a word in due season to him that is weary the parts thereof are two resolution or partition and application resolution is that whereby the place propounded is as a weaver's web resolved or untwisted and unloosed into sundry doctrines acts eighteen twenty eight mightily he confuted the jews with great vehemency publicly showing by scriptures that jesus was the christ resolution is either notation or collection notation is when as the doctrine is expressed in the place propounded romans three nine we have already proved that all both jews and gentiles are under sin verse ten as it is written there is none righteous no not one verse eleven there is none that understandeth none that seeketh god verse twelve all are gone out of the way they have been made altogether unprofitable there is none that doth good no not one acts two twenty four whom god hath raised up and loosed the sorrows of death because it was impossible that he should be held of it verse twenty five for david saith concerning him i beheld the lord always before me for he is at my right hand that i should not be shaken verse twenty six therefore did mine heart rejoice and my tongue was glad and moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope verse twenty seven because thou wilt not leave my soul with the dead neither wilt suffer thine holy one to see corruption collection is when the doctrine not expressed is soundly gathered out of the text this is done by the help of the nine arguments that is of the causes effects subjects adjuncts dissentenies names distribution and definition for example a place john ten thirty four jesus answered them is it not written in your law i said ye are gods the collection from the comparison of the lesser verse thirty five if he called them gods unto whom the word of god was given and the scripture cannot be broken verse thirty six say ye of me whom the father hath sanctified and sent into the world thou blasphemest because i said i am the son of god a place one corinthians nine nine for it is written in the law of moses thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn what hath god care of oxen the collection from the lesser verse four have we not power to eat and to drink a place galatians three ten for so many as are of the works of the law are under a curse for it is written cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are in the book of the law to do them verse eleven for the just shall live by faith the collection from the contrary verse nine therefore those which are of faith are blessed with faithful abraham verse eleven and that no man is justified by the law before god it is evident a place hebrews eight for in rebuking them he saith behold the days will come saith the lord when i shall make with the house of israel and with the house of judah a new testament a collection from the adjunct hebrews eight thirteen in that he saith a new testament he hath disannulled the old 
now that which is disannulled is waxed old and is ready to vanish away. In gathering of doctrines we must specially remember that an example in his own kind, that is, an ethic, economic, politic, ordinary and extraordinary example, hath the virtue of a general rule in ethic, economic, politic, ordinary and extraordinary matters. The examples of the fathers are patterns for us, 1 Corinthians 10.11, and whatsoever is written is written for our learning. And it is a principle in logic that the genus is actually in all the species, and a rule in the optics that the general species of things are perceived before the particular. A place. Romans 9.7 Neither are they all children, because they are the seed of Abraham, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 10 Neither he only felt this, but also Rebekah, when she had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. The collection from the species. Verse 8. That is, they which are the children of the flesh are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Romans 4.18. Which Abraham, against hope, believed under hope, etc. Verse 21. Being fully assured that he which had promised was also able to do it. Verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Romans 4.23. Now it is not written for him only that it was imputed to him for righteousness, verse 24, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed for righteousness, which believe in him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. That also I add that collections ought to be right and sound, that is to say, derived from the genuine and proper meaning of the scripture. If otherwise we shall draw any doctrine from any place. Proverbs 8.22, the Greek translation of the seventy interpreters, is... Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. The Lord hath created me. It is the speech of wisdom, that is, of Christ, speaking of himself, whence the Arians collect very wickedly that the Son was created. But in the Hebrew it is Jehovah Kanenti, the Lord hath possessed me. Now the Father possesseth the Son, because he begat him from eternity, and because the Father is in the Son, and the Son in the Father. And so, Genesis 4.1, when a son was born unto Adam... He saith, I have possessed a man from the Lord. The error, perhaps, came of this, that that ectis was either through ignorance or malice put for ectis. Augustine also, upon the tenth verse of the thirty-ninth psalm, readeth on this wise, I held my peace, because thou hast made me. Fekisteme. From whence he doth wittily gather that it is a marvel that he should hold his tongue, that he hath received a mouth to speak, whereas me is neither in the Hebrew nor in the Greek. And upon the seventy-second psalm and fourteenth verse he disputeth much about usuries, and proveth that usuries are sins, whereas there is no such matter in that text, for the words are, He shall deliver their soul from deceit and violence, so precious is their blood in his eyes. It shall be lawful also to gather allegories, for they are arguments taken from things that are like, and Paul in his teaching useth them often. 1 Corinthians 9.9, 9, but they are to be used with these cautions. 1. Let them be used sparingly and soberly. 2. Let them not be far-fetched, but fitting to the matter in hand. 3. They must be quickly dispatched. 4. They are to be used for instruction of the life, and not to prove any point of faith. Any point of doctrine collected by just consequence is simply of itself to be believed, and doth demonstrate. 
Acts 18.24, and a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, came to Ephesus, an eloquent man and mighty, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, in the scriptures. Verse 28, for mightily he confuted the Jews publicly with great vehemency, demonstrating, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Hence it followeth, first, that human testimonies, whether of the philosophers or of the fathers, are not to be alleged. Augustine, upon the sixty-sixth psalm, saith thus, If I speak, let no man hear. If Christ speak, woe be to him that doth not hear. So again he saith, De unitat ecclesia, Let us not hear, these things I say, these things he saith, but let us hear, these things the Lord saith. Yet with this exception, unless they convince the conscience of the hearer, thus Paul alleged the testimony of Aratus, Acts 17.28, For by him we live and move and have our being, as one of your own poets hath said, for we are all his progeny. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. Verse 29, For as much then as we are the progeny of God, etc. As also a saying of Meander, 1 Corinthians 15.33, Be not deceived, evil conversations corrupt good manners. And of Epimenides, Titus 1.12, As one of their prophets hath said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. And then also it must be done sparingly, and with leaving out the name of the profane writer. Secondly, that a few testimonies of Scripture are to be used for the proof of the doctrine, and that sometimes there is need of none. Lastly, hence it follows that the prophets delivering their doctrine thus are not to be reproved of other prophets. 1 Corinthians 14.32 And the spirits of the prophets are subject unto the prophets. Yet afterwards he addeth, verse 37, If any one seem to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that those things which I write unto you are the commandments of God. Chapter 7 of the ways how to use and apply doctrines. Application is that whereby the doctrine rightly collected is diversely fitted according as place, time, and person do require. Ezekiel 34.15 I will feed my sheep and bring them to their rest, saith the Lord. Verse 16, I will seek that which is lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and I will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen the sick. Jude 22, and having compassion of some in putting difference. Verse 23, and save other with terror, pulling them out of the flame. The foundation of application is to know whether the place propounded be a sentence of the law or of the gospel. For when the word is preached, there is one operation of the law and another of the gospel. For the law is thus far forth effectual as to declare unto us the disease of sin, and by accident to exasperate and stir it up. But it affords no remedy. Now the gospel, as it teacheth what is to be done, so it hath also the efficacy of the Holy Ghost adjoined with it, by whom, we being regenerated, we have strength both to believe the gospel and to perform those things which it commandeth. The law, therefore, is the first in the order of teaching, and the gospel second. It is a sentence of the law which speaketh of perfect inherent righteousness, of eternal life given through the works of the law, of the contrary sins, and of the curse that is due unto them. Galatians 3.10 So many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is he whosoever abideth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Matthew 3.7 O generation of vipers, who hath forewarned you to flee from the anger to come? Verse 10 
and now also is the axe put to the root of the trees, therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is cut up. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text, and cast into the fire. A sentence of the gospel is that which speaketh of Christ and his benefits, and of faith being fruitful in good works. As John 3.16, So God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hence it is that many sentences which seem to belong to the law are by reason of Christ, to be understood not legally. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text, but with the qualification of the gospel. Luke 11.28, Blessed are those which hear the word of God and keep it. Deuteronomy 11, This commandment, which I command thee this day, is not hidden, nor set afar off, but it is by thee in thy mouth and in thine heart. This sentence, which is legal in Moses, is evangelical in Paul. Romans 10.8 Psalm 119.1 Blessed are those that are perfect in the way, who walk in the law of Jehovah. Verse 2 Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, and seek him with their whole heart. John 14.21 He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, is he that loveth me. He that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Verse 23 If any man do love me, he will keep my word, and my father doth love him, and we will come unto him, and we will dwell with him. Genesis 6.9 Noah was a just and upright man in his time. Noah walked with God continually. Genesis 17.1 I am the strong God, omnipotent, walk always before me, and be upright. The ways of application are chiefly seven, according to the diverse condition of men and people, which is sevenfold. 1 unbelievers who are both ignorant and unteachable. These men, in the first place, are to be prepared to receive the doctrine of the word. 2 Chronicles 17. Jehoshaphat sent Levites throughout the cities of Judah to teach the people and bring them from idols. This preparation is to be made partly by disputing or reasoning with them, that thou mayest thoroughly discern their manners and disposition, and partly by reproving in them some notorious sin, that being pricked in heart and terrified, they may become teachable. Acts 17.17, 17, he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with them that were religious, and in the marketplace with whomsoever he met. Acts 9.3, now as he journeyed it came to pass that, as he was come near to Damascus, suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Verse 4, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Verse 5, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou dost persecute. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Acts 16.27 Then the keeper of the prison awoke out of his sleep, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. Verse 28 Then Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Verse 29 Then he called for a light, and leapt in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, and brought them out, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 31, and they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved, and thine household. Acts 17.22, and Paul stood in the midst of Mars Street, and said, Ye men of Athens, I see that in all things ye are too superstitious. Verse 23, for as I passed by, and beheld your devotions, I found an altar wherein was written, To the unknown God whom ye then ignorantly worship, him show I unto you. Verse 24, 
God that made the world and all things in it, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. When now there is hope that they are become teachable and prepared, the doctrine of God's word is to be declared to them generally in some common terms or ordinary points. Acts 17.30 And the time of this ignorance God regarded not, but now he commandeth. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. All men everywhere to repent. Verse 31 Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath appointed, whereof he hath assured all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. If they shall approve this doctrine, then it is to be open to them distinctly, and in every particular, but if they shall remain unteachable without hope of winning them, they are to be left. Matthew 7.6 Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they tread them under their feet, and turning again all to rent you. Proverbs 9.8 Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Acts 19.9 but when certain men were hardened and would not obey, speaking evil of the way of the Lord before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples from them. 2. Some are teachable, but yet ignorant. To these men the catechism must be delivered. Acts 18.25. Apollos was catechized. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. In the way of the Lord. And he spake fervently in the Spirit, and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Verse 26, And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. Whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them, and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Luke 1, 4, That thou mayest know the truth of those things whereof thou hast been catechized. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text, or instructed. The Catechism is the doctrine of the foundation of Christian religion, briefly propounded for the help of the understanding and memory in questions and answers made by the lively voice. The matter, therefore, of the Catechism is the foundation of religion. The foundation is a certain sum of the principles of Christianity. Hebrews 5.12 For when, as concerning the time, ye ought to be teachers, yet have ye need again that we teach you the first principles of the word of God. A principle is that which doth directly and immediately serve both for the salvation of men and for the glory of God, which, being also denied and overturned, no salvation can be hoped for. There are especially six principles, repentance, faith, baptisms, that is the sacraments, imposition of hands, that is the ministry of the word by a synecdoche, the resurrection and the last judgment. Hebrews 6, verses 1, 2, and 3. The form of the catechism is to handle the elements or grounds plainly by asking and answering. 1 Peter 3.21 To the which also the figure that now saveth us, even baptism, agreeeth, not the putting away of the filthiness of the flesh, but the stipulation or interrogation of a good conscience. Acts 8.37 What doth let me to be baptized? And Philip said unto him, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Then he answered, saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Tertullian, de resurrect carnis, saith, The soul is not purged with washing, but with answering. And here we must hold a difference between milk and strong meat, which are the same indeed, but do differ in the manner and fashion of delivering. Milk is a certain brief, plain, and general explication of the principles of the faith, as when a man doth teach that we must believe one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and that we must rely only upon the grace of God in Christ, 
and that we ought to believe the remission of sins, and when we are taught that we ought to repent, to abstain from evil, and to do that which is good. Strong meat is a special, copious, luculent, and clear handling of the doctrine of faith, as when the condition of man before the fall, his fall, original and actual sin, man's guiltiness, free will, the mysteries of the Trinity, the two natures of Christ, the personal union, the office of Christ, the imputation of righteousness, faith, grace, and the use of the law, are delivered out of the word of God distinctly and exactly. Moreover, milk must be set before babes, that is, those that are rude or weak in knowledge. Strong meat must be given to such as are of ripe years, that is, to them that are better instructed. 1 Corinthians 3. 1. Moreover, brethren, I could not speak unto you as to spiritual, but I have spoken unto you as to carnal, that is, to infants in Christ. Verse 2. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat. Hebrews 5.13. 3. Some have knowledge, but are not as yet humbled. In such the foundation of repentance ought to be stirred up, that is to say, a certain sorrow which is according to God. 2 Corinthians 7.8. For though I made you sorry with a letter, I repent not, though I did repent. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, though it were but for a season. Verse 9. I now rejoice, not that ye were sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance, for ye sorrowed according to God. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text so that in nothing ye were hurt by us. Verse 10, For sorrow which is according to God, or godly, causeth repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of, but worldly sorrow causeth death. Sorrow according to God is a grief for sin, even because it is sin. To the stirring up of this affection, in the first place a man must use the ministry of the law, which may beget contrition of heart or the horrors of conscience, which, though it be not a thing wholesome and profitable of its own nature, yet it is a remedy necessary for the subduing of a sinner's stubbornness, and for the preparing of his mind to become teachable. Now that this legal sorrow may be wrought, it is fit to use some choice parcel of the law, which may reprove some one notable sin in men that are not as yet humbled. For sorrow for, and repentance, even of one sin, is for substance, here there is a Greek word missing in the text. Sorrow for and repentance of all. Acts 8.22 Repent therefore of this thy wickedness, and pray God that, if it be possible, the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Acts 2.23 Him have ye taken by the hands of the wicked, being delivered by the determinate counsel, and for knowledge of God, and have crucified and slain. Psalm 32.5 Yea, further, if any man, being afflicted with the cross and with outward calamities, have only a worldly sorrow, that is, if he mourn not for sin, as it is sin, but for the punishment of sin, he is not by and by to be comforted, but first this sorrow is to be turned into that other sorrow which is according to God, as is the counsel of physicians in the like case. For if a man's life be in danger by reason of blood gushing out at his nose, they command also that blood be let out in his arm, or in some other place, as the case requireth, that they might stay the course of the blood which rusheth out at the nostrils, that so they might save his life, who was ready to yield up the ghost. Then let the gospel be preached, in the preaching whereof the Holy Spirit worketh effectually unto salvation. For whilst he reneweth men, that they may begin to will and to work those things that are pleasing to God, he doth truly and properly bring forth in them that sorrow which is according to God, and repentance unto salvation. 
to the hard-hearted the law must be urged and the curse of the law must be denounced with threatening together with the difficulty of obtaining deliverance until they be purified in the heart matthew three seven and when he saw many of the pharisees and of the sadducees come to his baptism he said unto them o progeny of vipers who hath forewarned you to fly from the wrath to come matthew nineteen sixteen good master what shall i do that i may have eternal life verse seventeen and he said unto them if thou wilt enter into life keep the commandments matthew twenty three thirteen woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites because ye shut up the kingdom of heaven before men for ye yourselves go not in neither suffer ye those that are entering in here there is a greek word missing in the text to go in etc verse thirty three o serpents and progeny of vipers how shall ye escape the damnation of hell but when the beginning of compunction doth appear they are presently to be comforted with the gospel four some are humbled here we must very diligently consider whether their humiliation be complete and sound or but begun and but light or slight lest that he or they receiving comfort sooner than is meet should afterwards wax more hard like iron which being cast into the furnace becomes exceeding hard after that it is once cold let thy proceeding be after this manner with those that are humbled in part let the law be propounded yet so discreetly tempered with the gospel that being terrified with their sins and with the meditation of god's judgment they may together also at the same instant receive solace by the gospel acts eight twenty then peter said unto him thy money perish with thee because thou thinkest that the gift of god may be obtained by money verse twenty one thou hast neither part nor fellowship in this business for thine heart is not right in the sight of god verse twenty two repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray god that if it be possible the cogitation of thine heart may be remitted verse twenty three for i see that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity genesis three nine and the lord cried unto adam and said unto him where art thou and god said who hath showed thee that thou art naked what hast thou eaten of the fruit of that tree of which i forbade thee to eat verse thirteen and the lord god said to the woman what is this which thou hast done and the woman said this serpent hath seduced me and i have eaten verse fifteen moreover i will put enmity betwixt thee and this woman and likewise between thy seed and her seed this shall break thine head and thou shalt bruise his heel to samuel twelve nathan being sent from god by a parable which he doth propound he recalleth david to the conscience of his fact and pronounceth pardon to him being penitent the doctrine of faith and repentance and the comforts of the gospel ought to be promulgated and tendered to those that are fully humbled luke four eighteen the spirit of the lord is upon me therefore he hath anointed me to preach glad tidings to the poor he hath sent me to heal the contrite in heart to preach deliverance to the captives and to the blind the recovery of their sight and to set at liberty those that were broken acts two thirty seven when they heard these things they were pricked in heart and said unto peter and the rest of the apostles men and brethren what shall we do verse thirty eight and peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins matthew nine thirteen i came not to call the just but sinners unto repentance five some do believe to these must be propounded one the gospel of justification sanctification and perseverance two the law without the curse 
whereby they may be taught to bring forth fruits of new obedience, beseeming repentance. Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 1.9, the law is not appointed for the righteous. Let the epistle of Paul to the Romans be the example. 3. Howsoever the curse of the law is not to be urged against the person that is righteous and holy in the sight of God, yet it is to be urged against the sins of the person which are remaining. And, as a father doth oftentimes set his iron rods that are appointed for the servants before the eyes of his sons, that they may be afraid, so the meditation of the curse is to be stirred up very often in the faithful themselves, lest they should abuse the mercy of God to licentious living, and that they may be more fully humbled. For sanctification is but in part, therefore that the remainders of sin may be abolished. We must always begin with the meditation of the law, and with the feeling of sin, and make an end in the gospel. 6. Some are fallen. Those that are fallen are they which do in part fall from the state of grace. Falling is either in faith or in manners. Falling in faith is either in the knowledge of the doctrine of the gospel or in the apprehending of Christ. Falling in knowledge is a declining into error, whether lighter or fundamental. Now unto those that fall thus, that doctrine which doth cross their error is to be demonstrated and inculcated, or beaten upon them, together with the doctrine of repentance, and that with a brotherly affection. Take, for an example, the epistle of Paul to the Galatians, 2 Timothy 2.25, instructing them with meekness, that are, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, contrarily affected, if God at any time will give them repentance, that they may know the truth. The fall which is in apprehending Christ is desperation for the restoring of those that do despair. There are to be used a trial and the remedy. The trial or search is either of the cause of the temptation or of their estate. The trial of the cause is made fitly by private confession. James 5.17 Confess your sins one to another, and pray for one another that ye may be healed. But lest that confession should be made a kind of rack or torture, it must be limited with these provisos. 1. That it ought to be free and not compelled, because salvation depends not upon it. 2. It must not be of all sins, but of those only which wring the conscience, which unless they do reveal, greater danger may hang over their heads. 3. Let it chiefly be made to pastors, yet so as that we must know that it may be safely made to other faithful men in the church. The trial of their estate is whereby we make diligent inquiry whether they be under the law or under grace. That this may manifestly appear, we must, by asking of questions, first draw out of them whether they be displeased with themselves because they have displeased God, that is to say, whether they hate sin as it is sin, which is the foundation of repentance unto salvation. Secondly, we must demand of them whether they have or do feel in their heart a desire to be reconciled with God, which is the ground of a lively faith. When trial is made, the remedy must be applied unto them out of the gospel, which is double. First, some evangelical meditations are to be often inculcated and pressed upon them, as 1. that their sin is pardonable, 2. that the promises are general in respect of believers, and that they are indefinite in respect of particular men, and do exclude no man, 3. that the will to believe is faith, Psalm 145.19, Revelation 21.6, 4. that sin doth not abolish grace, but rather, God turning all things unto the good of those that are his, doth illustrate it. 5. That all the works of God are done by contrary means. Secondly, they must be entreated to stir up in them all the very bitterness of the temptation, 
their faith which hath lain in a swoon, and been covered, as it were, with ashes, and that they would certainly set down with themselves that their sins are forgiven them, and that it would please them to struggle manfully in prayer, either alone or with others against carnal sense and human hope and that they may perform these things, they must be very earnestly beaten upon, and those that are unwilling must in a manner be constrained. Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths have I called to thee, O Lord. Verse 2. Lord, listen unto my voice. Let thine ears attend to the voice of my prayers. Psalm 77, 1. My voice came to God when I prayed. My voice went to God that he would turn his ear. Ut advertat aurum unto me. 2. In the day of my distress I besought the Lord. Romans 4.18. Who Abraham against, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, hope, believed under hope, that he should be the father of many nations. Now that these medicines may be a force, that ministerial power of binding and loosing is to be used according to the form prescribed in the word. 2 Samuel 12.13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Wherefore Nathan said to David, God hath also forgiven thy sin, thou shalt not die. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore we are ambassadors in the name of Christ, God, as it were, beseeching you by us. We pray you in the name of Christ that ye would be reconciled to God. And if perhaps melancholy trouble the mind, the help of the medicine must be in private sought for. Falling in manners is when any faithful man falleth to the committing of some actual sin in life, as Noah's drunkenness, David's adultery, Peter's denial, etc. To those that are fallen thus, for so much as grace, remaining in respect of her virtue and habit, may be lost for a time in respect of sense and working, the law must be propounded, being mixed with the gospel, because a new act of sin requires a new act or work of faith and repentance. Isaiah one four, Our sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of the wicked, corrupt children, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger, they are gone backward. Verse 16. Wash you, make you clean, take away the evil of your works from before mine eyes, etc. Verse 18. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins were as crimson, they shall be made white as snow. Though they were red like scarlet, they shall be as wool. 7. There is a mingled people. A mixed people are the assemblies of our churches. To these any doctrine may be propounded, whether of the law or of the gospel. If the limitation and circumscription of the doctrine be made to those persons for whom it is convenient. John 7.37 Now in the last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And this was the manner of the prophets in their sermons, to denounce judgments and destruction to the wicked, and to promise deliverance in the Messiah to those that do repent. A doubt. If any man shall despair in the public congregation when the rest are hardened, what ought to be done? Answer. Let those that are hardened hear the law circumscribed within the limits of the persons and of the vices, and let the afflicted conscience hear the voice of the gospel applied in special manner unto it. Chapter 8. Of the Kinds of Application Application is either mental or practical. Mental is that which respecteth the mind, and it is either doctrine or redargution. 2 Timothy 3.16. The whole scripture is given by God's inspiration, and is profitable for doctrine. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. For redargution, or improving. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. For correction. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. 
and for instruction. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text, in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, being perfectly instructed unto every good work. Doctrine is that whereby doctrine or teaching is used for the information of the mind to a right judgment concerning things to be believed. Redargution is that whereby teaching is used for the reformation of the mind from error. In confutations, which are made publicly before the assembly, these cautions must be used. 1. The thing that is determined, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, or the state of the question that is to be discussed, must be thoroughly understood. 2. Let those errors only be reproved which trouble the church in which we live, all other being altogether let alone which do either lie dead or are external, unless some danger be ready to ensue of them. Matthew 16. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Mark 9. Take heed, and beware of the leaven of Herod. Revelation 2. The men of Pergamos are warned to beware of the Nicolaitans, to whom some of them did assent. 3. If the error be out of the foundation of faith, the confutation must not only be Christian-like, as it should be ever, but also a friendly, a gentle, and brotherly dissension. Practical application is that which respecteth the life and behaviour, and it is instruction, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, and correction, here there is a Greek word missing in the text. Instruction is that whereby doctrine is applied to frame a man to live well in the family, commonwealth, and church. To this place belong consolation and exhortation, Romans 15.4. Correction is that whereby the doctrine is applied to reform the life from ungodliness and unrighteous dealing. Hitherto belongs admonition. This must be done first generally, the circumstances of the persons being omitted. To Samuel 12, Nathan brings David to the knowledge of his sin by the help of a general parable. Acts 19.26 Ye see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, because he saith that those are not gods which are made with hands. Verse 35 Then the town clerk, when he had stayed the people, said, Ye men of Ephesus, etc., Verse 37, Ye have brought hither these men which have neither committed sacrilege, neither do blaspheme your goddess. Afterwards, if the former reproof prevail not, it must be urged after a more special manner. 1 Timothy 5.20 Them that sin, rebuke openly, that the rest may also fear. But always, in the very hatred of sin, let the love of the person appear in the speeches, and let the minister include himself, if he may, in his reprehension, that it may be more mild and gentle. Daniel 4.16 Then Daniel said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. Verse 17 The tree which thou sawest, it is thou. Verse 19 Galatians 2.15 We that are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles. 1 Corinthians 4.6 these things, brethren, I have by a kind of figure translated to myself and to Apollos for you, that ye might learn by us not to be wise about that which is written. Now these four kinds of application do offer themselves in every sentence of the scripture. I will also set down that example which Illyricus hath propounded. Illyricus, in his book of the way to understand the scriptures, tract 1, Matthew 10.28, Fear ye not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, 
and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. Verse 30, Yea, and all the hairs of your head are numbered. Verse 31, Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. It were easy to draw from hence many doctrines, partly of the confession of the faith, and partly concerning God's providence. Doctrine 1, that it is needful for us publicly to confess the doctrine which we know so often as there is need. 2. That we must make confession also with the hazards of goods and life. 3. That our life should be contemned in comparison of Christ and his truth. 4. That eternal punishments to be suffered both in soul and body are prepared for those that are not afraid to deny Christ and his truth. 5. That God is intent and ready to govern us that we might make our confession aright. 6. That the providence of God is not only general, but also special, which is diligently occupied about our smallest matters, yea, even the hairs of our head. Redargution 1. Those do err, who think it to be sufficient, if in heart they do embrace the faith, and a right opinion concerning religion, and that it is at a man's choice, in the mean season, to grant or affirm anything before men, as the condition of the place, time, or persons requireth especially when the life seemeth to be in imminent danger to be lost. 2. The Epicures err, in that they deny the divine providence because they think it too base for the majesty of God to take care of human affairs. 3. The Stoics do err, who imagine that all things are governed by the fate, or an unresistible and violent necessity. 4. They do err, who make chance and fortune without any wise ordination of the divine providence. 5. The Pelagians do err in giving more than is due to man's strength, as if it were put in men's power to embrace the faith at their pleasure, to continue constant in the same, and to confess it to the end without fear. 6. They do err, who do lean more upon outward things and inconstant riches than upon the power and goodness of God. Instruction 1. Thou must to the utmost of thy power labour to have the true fear of God before thine eyes, because thou now hearest that one God is to be feared above all men. 2. Thou must learn such a contempt of human things, as that thou mayest always desire, having forsaken them, to depart thence, and to be joined together with Christ in the heavens. 3. The consideration of God's special providence doth cause thee to think of the presence of God, that beholder, to crave his help, and also to believe that thou art helped in all things, and finally, that there is no danger so terrible, but he both can and will deliver thee from it when it is fit. Correction 1. These words of Christ correct their negligence, who in their prayers do not crave of God's sincere love, that, being inflamed with it, they may not refuse to lay down their life for his name. 2. The negligence of those men is also taxed, which do not acknowledge and behold the providence of God, showing itself in all things. 3. Those are reproved, who give not God thanks for vouchsafing to govern and defend us and all things that belong unto us by his providence. 4. Those are reproved, that abuse the good creatures of God, seeing that it is manifest that God hath care of all things. Thus any place of scripture ought to be handled, yet so as that all the doctrines be not propounded to the people, but those only which may be fitly applied to our times and to the present condition of the church and they must not only be choice ones, but also few, lest the hearers be overcharged with their multitude. Chapter 9 of Memory in Preaching 
because it is the received custom for preachers to speak by heart before the people, something must be here annexed concerning memory. Artificial memory, which standeth upon places and images, will very easily without labour teach how to commit sermons to the memory, but it is not to be approved. 1. The animation of the image, which is the key of memory, is impious, because it requireth absurd, insolent, and prodigious cogitations, and those especially which set an edge upon and kindle the most corrupt affections of the flesh. 2. It dulleth wit and memory, because it requireth a threefold memory for one, first of the places, the second of the images, the third of the thing that is to be declared. It is not therefore an unprofitable advice, if he that is to preach do diligently imprint in his mind, by the help of disposition, either axiomatical or syllogistical or methodical the several doctrines of the place he means to handle the several proofs and applications of the doctrines the illustrations of the applications and the order of them all in the meantime nothing careful for the words which as horace speaketh will not unwillingly follow the matter that is premeditated verba que preversam rem non in vita sequentur their study hath many discommodities, who do con their written sermons word for word. 1. It asketh great labour. 2. He which through fear doth stumble at one word doth both trouble the congregation and confound his memory. 3. Pronunciation, action, and the holy motions of affections are hindered, because the mind is wholly bent on this, to wit that the memory, fainting now under her burden, may not fail. Chapter 10 hitherto hath been spoken of the preparation or provision of the sermon the promulgation or uttering of it followeth in the promulgation two things are required the hiding of human wisdom and the demonstration or showing of the spirit human wisdom must be concealed whether it be in the matter of the sermon or in the setting forth of the words because the preaching of the word is the testimony of god and the profession of the knowledge of christ and not of human skill and again, because the hearers ought not to ascribe their faith to the gifts of men, but to the power of God's word. 1 Corinthians 2.1 When I came unto you, brethren, I came not with the eminency of eloquence or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Verse 2 For I did not decree to know anything among you but Jesus Christ, and him crucified. 5 That your faith should not consist in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If any man think that by this means barbarism should be brought into pulpits, he must understand that the minister may, yea, and must privately use at his liberty the arts, philosophy, and variety of reading, whilst he is in framing his sermon. But he ought in public to conceal all these from the people, and not to make the least ostentation. Artis etiam est gelare artem. It is also a point of art to conceal art. The demonstration of the Spirit is, when, as the minister of the word doth in the time of preaching, so behave himself that all, even ignorant persons and unbelievers, may judge that it is not so much he that speaketh, as the Spirit of God in him and by him. 1 Corinthians 2.4 Neither was my speech and my preaching in the persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power and fourteen forty two if all prophesy and there enter in an unbeliever or one that is ignorant he is reproved of all he is judged of all verse twenty five and so the secrets of his heart are disclosed and so falling upon his face he will worship god returning word that god is indeed among you 
and in 419 i will come unto you shortly and i will know not their words that are puffed up but their power verse 20 for the kingdom of god is not in words but in power micah 3 8 i am filled with power by the spirit of the lord and with judgment and might to show jacob his defection and to israel his sin this makes the ministry to be lively and powerful luke 11:27 and it came to pass when he had spoken these things that a certain woman of the multitude lifting up her voice said unto him blessed is the womb that bare thee and the breasts that gave thee suck this demonstration is either in speech or in gesture the speech must be spiritual and gracious that speech is spiritual which the holy spirit doth teach 1 corinthians 2:13 which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth but which the holy ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual things and it is a speech both simple and perspicuous fit both for the people's understanding and to express the majesty of the spirit acts 17:2 paul disputed with them three sabbath days out of the scriptures verse 3 opening here there is a greek word missing in the text and showing that christ must suffer and rise again galatians 3:1 o ye foolish galatians to whom jesus christ before was described in your sight and among you crucified 2 corinthians 4:2 but we have cast from us the cloak of shame, and walk not in craftiness, neither handle we the word of God deceitfully, but in declaration of the truth we approve ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3. If our gospel be then hid, it is hid to them that perish. Verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds, that is, of the infidels, etc. Wherefore, neither the words of arts, nor Greek and Latin phrases and quirks must be intermingled in the sermon. 1. They disturb the minds of the auditors, that they cannot fit those things which went afore with those that follow. 2. A strange word hindereth the understanding of those things that are spoken. 3. It draws the mind away from the purpose to some other matter. Here also the telling of tales and all profane and ridiculous speeches must be omitted. The speech is gracious, wherein the grace of the heart is expressed. Luke 4.22, and all bear witness of him, and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. John 7.46, the officers answered, Never man spake like this man. Grace is either of the person or of the ministry. Grace of the person is the holiness of the heart, and an unblameable life, which, howsoever it makes not a minister, yet is it very necessary, one, because the doctrine of the word is hard both to be understood and to be practised, Therefore the minister ought to express that by his example, which he teacheth, as it were by a type. 1 Peter 5.3 Not as though ye were lords over God's heritage, but that ye may be examples. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. Types. To the flock. 1 Timothy 4.12 Be an example to the faithful, both in word and conversation. Philippians 4.8 Furthermore, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, think on these things. Verse 9 which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, those things do, and the God of peace shall be with you. 2. He that is not godly, howsoever he may understand the Scriptures, yet doth he not perceive the inward sense and experience of the word in his heart. Psalm 25.8. The Lord is good and right, therefore he teacheth sinners his way. Verse 9. He maketh the meek to walk in the law, and teacheth the meek his way. Amos 3.7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret to his servants the prophets. Genesis 8.17 And the Lord said, 
Shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I am about to do? Verse 18. Seeing that Abraham shall be indeed the father of a great and mighty nation, etc. Verse 29. For I know him that he will command his sons and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and judgment. 3. It is a thing execrable in the sight of God that godly speech should be conjoined with an ungodly life. Psalm 50, verse 16 and 17. Unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare mine ordinances, and to take my covenant into thy mouth, seeing thou hatest to be reformed? It is a strange sight to see him that is the guide of the way to others, to wander out of the way himself, and to see a physician of others, to be full of botches himself in the meanwhile, as Nazianzen speaketh. For it is an ecclesiastical secret that the minister ought to cover his infirmities, that they be not seen. For the simple people behold not the ministry, but the person of the minister. Herod heard John Baptist willingly, not because he was a good minister, but because he was a good man. Mark 6.20 Well saith Nazianzen, He that teacheth sound doctrine, and lives wickedly, reacheth that with one hand, which he clicketh away with the other. Chrysostom, upon the 25th of Matthew, saith, The doctor of the church, by teaching well and by living well, instructeth the people how they ought to live well, but by living ill he doth instruct God how to condemn him. And in his thirtieth homily in the Acts, It is an easy matter to show wisdom in words, Teach me to live by thy life. This is the best teaching. For words make not such an impression in the soul as works do. 5. A minister, that is, wicked, either openly or secretly, is not worthy to stand before the face of the most holy and the almighty God. Jeremiah 15.19 Therefore thus saith the Lord, If thou return, then will I bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. Isaiah 6.6 6, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me with an hot coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with the tongues. Verse 7 And he touched my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity shall be taken away, and thy sin shall be purged. Verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who shall go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Leviticus 10.3. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is that which the Lord said, I will be sanctified in them that come near unto me, and I will be glorified before the sight of all the people. And hence it is that the judgments of God remain for wicked ministers to tremble at. 1 Samuel 2.17. Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord, etc. Verse 25, They obeyed not the voice of their father, because the Lord meant to slay them. The parts of sanctity are especially, 1. A good conscience. 2 Corinthians 1.12, For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, and not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world. 1 Timothy 1.19, Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away, as concerning the faith, have made shipwreck. Acts 24.16, And herein I endeavour myself to have always a clear conscience towards God and towards men. If this be wanting, the mouth of the speaker is shut. Isaiah 56.10, Their watchmen are all blind. They have no knowledge. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. They lie and sleep, and delight in sleeping. 2. An inward feeling of the doctrine must be delivered. Wood that is capable of fire doth not burn, unless fire be put to it. And he must first be godly affected himself, who would stir up godly affections in other men. 
Therefore, what motions a sermon doth require, such the preacher shall stir up privately in his own mind, that he may kindle up the same in his hearers. 3. The fear of God, whereby, being thoroughly strucken with a reverent regard of God's majesty, he speaketh soberly and moderately. 4. The love of the people, 1 Thessalonians 2.7, but were gentle amongst you as a nurse that cherisheth her children, and that this affection may appear, the minister's duty is to pray seriously and fervently for the people of God. 1 Samuel 12.23, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and cease praying for you. 5. The minister must also be, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, venerable, that is, such a one as is to be reverenced for constancy, integrity, gravity, and truth-speaking, who also knoweth how to perform reverence to others, either privately or publicly, as is befitting the persons of all his hearers. 6. He must be, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, temperate, who restraineth inwardly his over-vehement affections, and hath his outward fashions and gestures moderate and plain, by the which dignity and authority may be procured and preserved. Therefore he must be neither covetous, nor, here there is a Greek word missing in the text, a follower of wine, nor litigious, nor a striker, nor wrathful. And let the young men exercise themselves to godliness, and flee the lusts of youth. 1 Timothy 4, 7. The grace of the ministry is, one, to be apt to teach. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. 1 Timothy 3, 2. Now Paul's meaning is that it is not only decent and laudable if this gift be had, but also that it is so necessary as that may not be wanting. For this consideration Nazianzen refused a bishopric, and Theophylact upon this place saith that this duty of teaching is especially of all other necessity to be found in bishops. In the Nicene and Miletian council this was imposed instead of a punishment to hold the name of a minister but not to preach the gospel. 2. Authority, whereby he speaketh as the ambassador of the great Jehovah, Titus 2.15, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. 1 Peter 4.11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. 3. Zeal, whereby, being most desirous of God's glory, he doth endeavour to fulfil and execute the decree of election concerning the salvation of men by his ministry. Job 32.18, I am full of matter, and the spirit within me compelleth me. Verse 16, Behold, my belly is as the wine which hath no vent, like the new bottles that brast. 2 Timothy 2.25, instructing them, proving if God at any time will give them repentance, that they may know the truth. Colossians 1.28 and 29, admonishing every man, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Gesture is either in the action of the voice or of the body. The voice ought to be so high that all may hear. Isaiah 58.1, cry aloud and spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. John 7.37, in that last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried. Acts 2.14, and Peter, standing with the eleven, lift up his voice and said. In the doctrine he ought to be more moderate, in the exhortation more fervent and vehement. Let there be that gravity in the gesture of the body which may grace the messenger of God. It is fit, therefore, that the trunk or stalk of the body being erect and quiet, all the other parts, as the arm, the hand, the face, and eyes, have such motions as may express and, as it were, utter the godly affections of the heart. The lifting up of the eye and the hand signifieth confidence. 
2 Chronicles 6.13, Solomon made a brazen scaffold, and set it in the midst of the court, and upon it he stood, and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel, and stretched out his hands towards heaven, verse 14, and said, O Lord God of Israel, etc. Acts 7.55, And Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, bending his eyes up to heaven, beheld the glory of God. The casting down of the eyes signifieth sorrow and heaviness. Luke 18.13, But the publican, standing afar off, would not so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven, but he smote his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Concerning the gesture, other precepts cannot be delivered, only that the example of the gravest ministers in this kind be instead of a rule. Chapter 11 of Conceiving of Prayer Hitherto hath been spoken concerning preaching of the word. It remaineth now to speak of the conceiving of prayers, which is the second part of prophesying, whereby the minister is the voice of the people in calling upon God. Luke 11.1 1, One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. 1 Samuel 14.24 Here are to be considered, 1. The matter thereof, first the wants and sins of the people, then the graces of God and the blessings they stand in need of. 1 Timothy 2.1 I exhort therefore above all things that supplications be made for all men. 2. For kings and those that are in authority. Tertullian Apology saith, We do all pray for all emperors that they may obtain a long life, a quiet reign, a safe family, courageous armies, a faithful council, loyal subjects, a peaceable world, and whatsoever things are desired of a man and of Caesar. Again, we pray for emperors, for their ministers and powers, for the state of the time, for the quietness of their affairs, and for the delaying of their death. The Lord's Prayer reduceth this matter to six heads, which are God's glory, kingdom, obedience, the preservation of the life, the remission of sins, and the strengthening of the spirit. 2. The form thereof. 1. Let there be one voice, and that the ministers alone, the people being in the meanwhile silent, and showing their assent at the end by saying Amen. Acts 4.24 Who, when they had heard these things, they lift up their voice with one accord unto God, and said, etc. Nehemiah 8.6 And Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen. 1 Corinthians 14.16 Else, when thou blessest with the Spirit, how shall he that supplieth the place of the unlearned say Amen at thy giving of thanks? Justin, in his second apology to Antonius, saith, When the... Here there is a Greek word missing in the text. President hath finished his prayers and thanksgivings. All the people that are present cry out with a favourable approbation, saying, Amen. 2. Let the voice be understood. 1 Corinthians 14.15 I will pray with the Spirit, I will pray also with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. 3. Let the voice be continued, not jagged or abrupt, that idle repetitions may be avoided. Here there is a Greek word missing in the text, Matthew 6, 7. 4. The parts, which are three, consideration, ordering, and uttering of it. Consideration is that whereby fit matter for the framing of prayers is diligently searched for. Ordering is that whereby the matter being found out is disposed in the mind in a certain order. Prelation or uttering of it is that whereby it is orderly pronounced in public to the edifying of the people. Trin uni dei gloria. The order and sum of the sacred and only method of preaching. 1. To read the text distinctly out of the canonical scriptures. 
two to give the sense and understanding of it being read by the scripture itself three to collect a few and profitable points of doctrine out of the natural sense four to apply if he have the gift the doctrines rightly collected to the life and manners of men in a simple and plain speech the sum of the sum preach one christ by christ to the praise of christ the writers which lent their help to the framing of this art of prophesying are augustine hemingus hyperius erasmus illyricus wigandus jacobus matthias theodorus Beza, franciscus junius soli deo gloria end of the art of prophesying by william perkins translated by thomas tuke if you enjoyed this recording please support our channel by subscribing liking and sharing our content we would also be happy to receive any comments or feedback below